back to another episode of Partners in Crime podcast. My name is Esteban. And my name is Alex. Oh, we are back, baby. Uh, a new episode this week just dropped a couple of days ago, but we're going to go ahead and do another one because it's the holiday season and we're feeling generous. Yeah, the holiday season's about giving and we are giving all too much. two of you episodes. See, I thought we were, you were going to say the same thing because you said too much and I said two of you. For a second, I thought we were on the same wavelength, but no, no, not right now. We're not on the same wa- wavelength. That's why we decided to do a podcast together. Yeah, you can't have two of the same people doing a podcast. It doesn't work. You well, gotta just have to differing opinions and of like the technical difficulties and aspects of doing the show. Yeah. I'm going to draw attention to it just okay. to show that we really care. I mean, we care about what we we care. We want to do what we do. If we're going to do it, we should try to do it. But so well. far, we have no mic stand. Well, for some reason, something broke off mine. So we're just holding these bad boys. Uh, we have we one pair of headphones. Yeah, well, I just, um, that's me being lazy. That's I flaking. I haven't fa- yeah, it's it's coming. The apart. rubber bits on the ear pads are just flaking off, even to though I've probably those are worn like this thing twice. It's like four years old, though. That's true. And um, you're sitting in a fold-out chair. Well, that's because you refused to buy me my own chair for this room. My yeah, let me get on it. Let me go ahead and spend two hundred dollars on a computer chair just oh, so we can uh, do our podcast. I want that like we sometimes get to. I want like a what you would think in an animated movie would look like a, a king's st- chair, like a big wooden back. What about the just emperor's throne chair? Looks uncomfortable. Well, speaking of the emperor, reason why we're doing this episode is that we are going through all of the episodes of Star Wars, the Star Wars saga, and Rogue One, and Rogue One. And the ugly step-headed, step-headed, step-headed sister. There you go. The ugly red-headed stepchild, Rogue One, that everybody Mm. loves. It's it's good. Um, Our buddy just decided to want to watch it with us. He's only really seen them about one time per, maybe two times, but not really many times. And he hasn't watched them all in a while. And so he wanted to watch them and... Esteban and I, especially Esteban being Star Wars aficionados, both agreed that if you're rewatching them after having seen them, it's good to do them in the order that they take place through history. So the well prequels we did discuss that if you are going to introduce somebody to Star Wars. The, yeah, if you're going to introduce them for the first time, right. do it how they came out. Which was four, five, six, one, one two, two, three, six, seven, eight. Six, seven, eight. Right. I agree. Just to get everybody kind of no, like... I'm sorry, seven, eight, nine, not six, seven, eight. Seven. Agreed. That's what I'm saying. So if you have had seen the series already, if you can do a rewatch, I think it's more fun chronological to do a chronological in terms right. of how they are um, in 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 you know like the timeline of Star Wars. So the prequels one two three first, then we're gonna fit Rogue One in because it takes place right before New Hope. Then we're gonna watch the original trilogy, and then we'll finish it off with the sequel trilogy. And for those who asked, we are omitting Solo off of our friends' request. Yeah, so to be fair, our friend loves that movie. <laughs> he likes Solo. Yeah. Um, but we agreed that it didn't really fit in terms of um in terms of what we wanted for, you know, like the Skywalker trilogy, right? It's not really part of the Skywalker trilogy uh, where where, you know, a new hope is is fed right into um from you know, Rogue One. And for those who are wor- Wondering about Solo, that is my dog Solo. So I'm going to go ahead and bring him inside while yeah. he... And I'll, I'll go ahead and introduce the topic today. There you go. Be right back. So, no problem. So, like we said, we're going to talk about the prequels. We just finished watching 
all three of the prequels. It took us about a week and a half, just depending, you know, depending on availability of of ourselves and our friend. But we just finished Revenge of the Sith on Wednesday, uh, two days ago, and we decided it would be a, a good time to talk a little bit about what we thought of the prequels, um, how we feel like they might have held up now that we are sitting about 16 years after Revenge of the Sith came out. Um, and yeah, we wanted to discuss between ourselves also, you know, what we thought of the prequels. What's the best one? What's the worst one? Are they good? Were they worth the wait that so many original trilogy fans had to sit through? That is a discussion that we're going to have today. And thank you for tuning into the podcast. What I miss? Uh, I was just talking mess about you, man. Cool. Sick All right. So, we're, so far we've gotten through episode one through three. Just yeah, finished Revenge of the Sith. So we have obviously seen these movies. You said that this is probably well. Revenge of the Sith is the most that you've seen of the prequels. Yeah. If yeah. So the, the I've seen Revenge of the Sith the potentially the most out of any Star Wars movie because it's always on TV. I feel like. Yeah. Like it was always on TBS and TNT. We well, you know it's weird. Same thing with Return of the Jedi. It's like they always want to play the last of the trilogies. Um, I remember when they started showing actual the, the Star Wars movies mm-hmm. on TV. Right. Fairly recently, I want to say like like, like middle twenty tens. Yeah, twenty tens a little bit, and I we'd never seen them on TV before, and that's what kind of made it more special, especially for me, because okay. you know you've seen you know superhero movies, you've seen you know the big blockbuster movies on i mean you even seen the more dramatic and oscar-winning movies on tv when right they would come on tvs tnt yeah, especially um, tnt yeah usa and all that stuff but as far as the star wars movies you think like the most influential well not the most one of the most influential movies, sci-fi yeah of all time would be on the tv would be on tv and it only recently started airing on tv like and tnt does the whole uh with limited commercial interruption you know, when they have a long movie on there, so usually, like, Revenge of the Sith, limited commercial interruption. It made those movies so much longer. Because, I mean, they're already pretty, I think, which one was the longest? Was it Revenge of the Sith? I believe it's Revenge of the Sith, of the three, yeah. Like, 222, I think it said on Disney+. Yeah, Plus it's like close to, like, two and a half or something, for right. sure. I think, and I think that Clones might be the shortest. I think, uh, I think it might be, yeah. I mean, we got a 50% chance of guessing. If if Revenge of the Sith is the longest, obviously, either Phantom Menace or Attack of Clones is the shortest. So, oh, before we get into like the nitty gritty of each and every single mm-hmm. one, because yeah, we're, we're gonna go gonna ahead start. and review we're gonna start with the first one, then all of them. But your overall kind of feeling towards the prequels, like now as being a, like yeah. being an adult, but like being older and having watched oh, man, these I'm so many thirty. Don't 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 air quotes my adult. <laughs> well, like I'm saying, like having seen these movies, like grown. This is our this is our Star Wars. Yeah, our Star Wars. being that we yeah. I mean. I was born in 93, you were born in 94. Right. You know, we were, our first Star Wars movie in theaters, obviously, was Phantom Menace. Mm. Um, and I remember seeing it in theaters and just sitting there going, what is any of this? What is all this? What right. are politics? You know what I mean? Did you see Star Wars, the originals, before Phantom Menace? Or did you see Phantom um, Menace? Um, the yeah, I, I had watched them. We had, um, you'll you'll know it because this is just how, the, you as a person, but we had the three box set. The gold or silver. It was black, and it had one side had Darth Vader's face, right. And the other side had Luke's face, half. Was it gold or silver? It was black. Oh, okay. It was because I uh, that that is the first time that I got exposed to Mm -hmm. Star Wars was 
Well, I'll, I'll let you tell your first encounter with stars before we get into it. But oh yeah, I mean, I'm just I just remember we had those, and I remember off of the bat, my favorite uh, movie as a child was Return of the Jedi of those three. Hmm. Um, probably you know because of the Ewoks and stuff. I also loved the Luke's green lightsaber. Blue's my favorite color, but I don't know why I've always liked green lightsabers more. I think they just look cooler. Um, I think cause I think especially because of New Hope um, in the original, you know, they've redone it, but it looked way more white than blue. Um, and so right. seeing, you know, a new lightsaber, especially when <clears throat> Vader and Luke fight and it's the red versus the green, you know, and like that's just the, in, right. in the dark and it's that iconic right. silhouette of the two of them. Well, you know why they even made it green? Um, w- well, if I'm if I'm incorrect, please tell me. But I want to say it was because they had trouble with the coloring of the blue one because of the screens and stuff. So to make it stand out more, they just did it green. Yes. His original color of lightsaber was basically supposed to be like an exact rip of Obi-Wan's because even his new redesigned. Yeah. This is, this is Return of the Jedi, Luke Skywalker, when he first, uh-huh. when he first ignites the lightsaber. Right. Um, that whole sequence of when he first uses it is in the dunes of the you know the, and then the Sarlacc pit and the dunes right. of Tatooine and all With that the Boba Fett stuff and Boba Fett stuff yeah, you and then you don't see it until well it didn't render well with the blue sky right it so was, it was it looked white it was like really dim and mm-hmm. right so it was like an opportunity I think I don't think Lawrence Kasdan but I think Irving Kirshner mm-hmm. who was the director of Return of the Jedi yeah. said it was like let's just make it green. They're like, okay. Yeah, you know what's funny is you have that whole Samuel L. Jackson story about the prequels, right, and saying he wanted a purple lightsaber. And I like how, you know, Lucas is like, okay, well, lightsabers are, are blue or they're green. Right. And it's funny because it's like when you really think about it, and, like, obviously it's his it's his imagination and stuff, but, like, when you really think about it, it's he's just making it up as he went, you know what I mean? Because it's like at that point they're blue or you're bad, they're red, you know? Well, you <laughs> saw the Graham Norton interview that where he's talking about how he wanted it and then to, to, like to stand himself. out yeah, because yeah, yeah. Uh, the amount of jedis that would be would right. be in the cl- that clone war battle in, um in in the second movie in right, Attack of right. Clones. which we'll get to um, we'll which get yeah we'll talk about it but uh, you know and i i i totally understand his reasoning and i think samuel it, jackson you're not gonna say no to samuel well you know that it's funny at the time samuel jackson I don't. I just don't look at him as like like he obviously liked star wars i think he, he talked about it in that in that thing like he yeah. liked it but he wasn't mm-hmm. like Huge, huge into Star Wars, but he was like, "Well, I can't say no to Star Wars. Like, right. if, if they're asking me to be in it." Someone asked him one why time, "Why would I say no? Like, h- why are you in so many of these like big franchise movies? Star know? Wars, Marvel." Yeah, and he was like, "I just want to see myself in them." So yeah, he just makes all these well, movies. I think he's like one of the top five or top ten mm-hmm. actors who has like the most credits to their name. Well, what's really funny about it too is he was like, he was like, "I'll, I'll, I'll be in Star Wars." He was telling George Lucas, "I'll be a stormtrooper. I don't care." Something, yeah. He's like, "I just, w- I just want to be in it." Right. Because again, he wasn't like a huge fan, but he he understood. Maybe he was. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but he just he understood. Yeah, I just want to be in it. Right. If you're doing Star Wars, like I couldn't be in it when they came out originally. Like I want to be in it. Right. And he's like, "I'll be a stormtrooper. I don't care." And he's like, "Well, what do we make you a Jedi?" And he's like, "Okay." Now we're talking, which is funny because well, I'm, I'll talk about it in, in when we start talking the movies. But it's like he's widely wasted in the first one. <laughs> you know. I I think because Why I don't know that I don't think. And and I'll speak more when we get into like the ins and outs of like George Lucas's process in writing these, but I think he was right. still developing a lot of the story plots. That's what I mean. Is I feel like he, a lot of it was just him like on the go, like on the fly, like thinking. Not like he was co- constantly rewriting, rewriting. But that's what I mean about lightsabers and stuff. It's like the lore of lightsabers now is way 
way more than it was when he made the original tr- trilogy where you know now the colors mean something you know blue and green and I think that's more to the um, fandom though it like is the fandom like you know what it, but that's what I mean yeah. though is like I feel like originally he was just like yeah they're they're red and they're blue you know yeah but anyways that's why I liked uh, you know Return of the Jedi so much the green one and so that's that's how I grew up on it and so yes um, Phantom Menace was my first Star Wars movie experience as a you know in a theater as a fan of Star Wars. I I remember when I was first um, like introduced to Star Wars. I was at um, my, my so we had like this this family friend. And yeah. They were always the ones that hosted. Or you know what? No, I recently had to revise this story because it was actually not a family friend. It was I misremembered a lot of it. But it's funny how many we have those. Uh, you know, right? Happens all the time. I watched the interview with. Um, Frankie Muniz and Steve-O, how there's a big misconception about how he doesn't remember him being on Malcolm in the Middle because he has like brain damage oh, or whatever. Oh, Frankie doesn't remember that he was on the show. But he was like, I was such I was such a young kid and I did so many of those things. I don't remember exactly what I did this year. Mm-hmm. And so it, like, it, it was like blown out of proportion. Did that you say Frankie Muniz and Steve-O? Yeah, Fra- so Steve-O has like this on-the-road podcast. Oh, and he goes around. That's, that's the show he did that on. Yeah, and he was oh, just sorry. like, I was like, did you say the wrong name? Yeah, so it it was just kind of like this huge like misconception and misunderstanding of what he actually said, right? And so it's just really fun. But yeah, it's like you don't remember things exactly, but it was just so funny that came to mind. But I remember that I was at my uncle's house. Yeah, we would go there for like family barbecues and everything, and we were all leaving one night, and the movies, the Phantom Menace was like coming out like i believe it was like 80 or 98 99 or something like that 99 the phantom menace came out um and he was asking me he's like are you excited about the new star wars and i was like what's star wars and then i remember specifically (laughs) looking up or or my uncle looking up at my dad and my dad was like what he was like what the hell's wrong with you that's not really your dad's thing no, he's he's a very, he's a big sports guy. He's, yeah. He wasn't really you know, he wasn't of the, I mean he was of that generation. Yeah, that, my my dad will watch the movies, but like he's not like you and I. Yeah, you know they're not gonna go out and be like let's see him. Right, know? right. And my mom liked him though. My mom. Oh, my mom loved him. Like she, she, yeah. she was a kid. And my uncle was like, okay, hold on. He goes in the back. He had it, uh, VHS copies, the one, like just like the ones you watched, right. but he had the one where they were gold. Okay. There were gold, like fo- gold foil around the like the like the casing there had right. the Darth Vader helmet. And then I don't think it was Luke Skywalker's face. I think it was like the old image of him holding up the lightsaber with Leia, like right now. The New this. Hope image, right? And um, they originally came with the theatrical run mm-hmm. because there was two versions, and it came out on a on a, a VHS set. So you had the actual theatrical stuff, and yeah. then you had the special edition that they did. I got the ones I had in, in the black case I was telling you about were un touched right they were the ones that came out in the theater right so which i loved and i don't know where they are anymore and i wish oh they're like them. worth like hundreds of dollars oh i'm now. saying like i don't know oh, where you put in my parents house anymore they're my parents they they uh they we, uh, have, we have it we have a vhs player <laughs> like they recorded over them they just bunch of monday night football <laughs> yeah just <laughs> and it's like awful games <laughs> <laughs> you know just terrible lions at giants <laughs> football um but that was my first like introduction in, into Star Wars, and then that's when you know it was me, my buddies, my dads, and all of us mm-hmm. went to uh, my you know because me and my buddies, all of our dads coached us in um, like sports, single A, triple A, or uh, single A, double A, triple A. All of our dads took us to go see Phantom Medicine. My dad was my coach too, one uh, one year. 
Oh, well, you're lucky. I wish my dad was only a coach for one <laughs> year. There's one. Th- there's the thing about having a dad as your coach for for many years that just ruins the sport for you. Yeah, you know, my dad was good at, at like thinking back to how my dad is with sports and like how like how he get you know our, my dad. I know I, without you saying it, your dad's the same as my dad. Yeah, but my dad when he coached me at least was not that way, and I appreciate that. He wasn't like overly overbearing on me um, or my brother. Which which I I like and I think he might have been my coach for like two years. But my dad was very good at baseball when he was a kid, so I think he understood like, right? Same. My brother and I are pretty good, you know, like right. we weren't amazing, but like we're both kind of naturally athletic, and so we took on what he did, and so right. he's, he's kind of let us left us to our own devices, kind of thing, you know. And he he knew that we were. Well, I blame good. my dad for me turning out as nerdy as I am because <laughs> he completely ruined sports for yeah, me. So he, he didn't help you get nerdy; he pushed you to the nerdy. He pushed me over <laughs> the edge. He he tied a rock to my ankle and threw and me in the lake of nerdiness and he said swim <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so we he t- took me to see phantom menace and life was changed it was great we all right. grew up with it you know with the yogurt commercials where there was two kids battling you know in the right. attack of the clones and then they turn into mace windu and obi-wan and then yep. there's these two little kids battling with their gogurts you know mm-hmm. you had the the create like i i don't think there was a, a bigger toy release for phantom menace oh yeah because it was it Huge. was 15 years after return of the jedi so this yeah. was like the thing you know people were going to go see i think th- i forget what movie was in theaters that people would buy tickets to to go see the phantom menace trailer and then they would just leave the theater yeah 99 i wonder but that it, I, w- I good I, trailer it was a great trailer it was a really good introduction to you know because visual effects were still in their infancy as far as computer visual effects. Right. So it's interesting it, it to was watch through the three of them how they improve. Right. And let, I mean, let's just jump right into it. Like overall thoughts on Phantom Menace. Yeah. So Phantom Menace, um, it's my least favorite of the th- of the prequels. I feel like a lot of people agree. Um, on that. That, yeah. I think I think that's kind of some people like it. I had I have I have somebody that I worked with that was their favorite. Of the who are they? What's their names? <laughs> what are their names? Doubt him. No, you know he said it's because he was like I liked it for for the politics, <laughs> and I'm like he's like a couple years older than me. I'm like, so you saw it when you were like what eight? Well, actually, you liked the politics really. Thinking that now that we watched it just recently, uh-huh. and one of the main critiques of this of the C or the um, prequels were that there was a lot of you know monotonous exposition, exposition and, and politics and, and, and you know. Staff yeah. meetings. There's and, there's you know, a scene emails in, the f- and in this first one that I, I remember watching when we rewatched it, and I was just like, "Why did they feel like that was a necessary inclusion?" Well, having seen, you know, a- Attack of the Clones, in my opinion, is probably more on that whole political, like sitting around talking. You know, it is, but there's more action in it for me, and that's why I was like, "Okay, right. well, this is a little bit more enjoyable." But looking back at Phantom Menace, there isn't a whole lot of that. I mean, there's obviously the stuff with the Senate and the Queen and, you know... Trade Federation and... And stuff like that, but, I mean, we pretty much follow, you know, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and, you know, I mean, we have... It goes from, you know, Naboo, and then, you know, the the attack on Naboo, and then we go to Tatooine, and then we go to, you know... It's pretty straightforward in, in its in its arrangement, but I I don't I wouldn't say it's as political as the other ones. Like it's not right. I mean, there I think are for as a kid though, right? There is there's a lot of especially having seen the originals. When it's like that's not really right. There's a lot. There's a lot. Th- really a lot of talking, which I understand. A lot of talking, but I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, fantastic cast. 
I mean, a lot of these, and it was our first, I- my first introduction to like Natalie Portman, um, Qua- yeah. uh, Liam, Qua- Neeson. Liam Neeson, Hugh McGregor. Hugh McGregor. Yeah, for me, obviously being younger, Samuel Jackson. Right, right. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really good actors in the prequels in general. Mm. Just in the same way, there's a lot of good ones in the original, and there's a lot of good ones in the sequels. I mean, you've got um, the return of Ian McDiarmid as, I mean, as. Palpatine, Palpatine, but you know, yeah. he played the Emperor from Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So. He was able to play two, two different characters, completely different characters. Nobody knew. No one knew. Nobody knew. But, um, yeah, I mean, you you had a lot of a lot of good actors in that movie, and I think, uh, for me, I think I liked it a little bit more this time watching it than when I was a kid, obviously, but it's still my least favorite of the three I think that a lot of the acting is a little wooden, not just with the kids, you know, not just with with right with young Anakin and even even the way that Padme was written, where sometimes she said stuff and I was like, really? I mean, you you were mm. in a, a movie as a kid where you you know with the the professional or whatever where or Leon the professional yeah where she was like heralded as like she's gonna be a star, which she turned right. into a great actress, right? But like right. you know in that movie sometimes I'm just like that's an awful mm-hmm. that's some awful acting, you know who am I to say? But you know what I mean? I just like oh wow. Um, but I, yeah. I, in in that same stroke, I mean, even Harrison Ford would say, "There's no you can you can write this, but you can't say it." And that's right. a lot, and that that Some attributes that a lot to that prequel uh, syndrome that a lot right. of big franchises have. You know, that happened with um, the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. It happened yeah. with you know Star Wars and everything. But there there's this kind of um need for explaining and over explaining where stuff comes from when already established yeah. stuff is there and you know George Lucas is a fantastic story writer. I mean mm-hmm. obviously he made a really expansive um world that we could kind of like just pick apart in different parts that we just love. Mm-hmm. But he's not the greatest at writing dialogue. N- not the yeah. greatest at, you know, giving you know character depth you know like he's good at you you're, know you're not wrong yeah he's good at at uh conceptualizing right you know he had 15 years like you said um between the the last movie and the start of the prequels and he already had the idea of if he was going to come back he was going to tell a story in the past about a young anakin and all this stuff you know the clone wars and all that which is you know mentioned but i think to your point you're right it's like he wanted to to throw so much stuff out there and he decided right. to do that which is fine but he w- you know he wasn't the one to 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 write it you know and like really have it have it done well and i think that that go- that goes to show too like he directed the, th- the three prequels yeah he did not direct all three of the originals no N- he didn't at all you know um i mean he was pretty much the one in control but he wasn't, he wasn't he was the one behind control, the camera but you know, you you a director can say like, let's try that a different way. Right. Let's do this or that. You know, and you can really see the difference between the originals um, as a more cohesive story mm-hmm. than the prequels were. You need to kind of watch all three of them for the story to real be really be more cohesive. Where you can watch a New Hope, start to end. If that was the only Star Wars movie that existed, it, that's fine. You know, you understand it. It makes sense. It was cool. Mm. Same thing with uh, you know. Even though Empire's in the middle of a of a trilogy, so like you're coming off of something and stopping before the cli- climax, it's like you can still get it, you know. And there's a reason that's considered what you know that's widely considered the best one. And then Return of the Jedi, where it falters at times, it's still done well. 
you know, like all three of those movies are better than any of the prequels as a as a movie, you know. And I mean, to be for me at least, to, I mean, to be fair to the people who probably might disagree with some of the stuff we like, some of the stuff we didn't yeah. like about the prequels, we're, we're we watch this with rose colored glasses because we, like we said, grew up with it, so we have a soft right. spot for it. So, mm-hmm. and a again, lot this of is our opinion, you know. Th- yeah, this is our know, opinion, and, and, and you and I differ in, in our opinions, right? Right. You know, and and then you know some people. You know, like I said, that guy I knew who, whose favorite movie was Phantom Menace of the Star Wars movies. All, mm. all of them. I worked with somebody that was like they couldn't watch anything Star Wars ever again because of the prequels, and not that's not even the new Disney stuff. Like yeah, they a said lot they of people soured on 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 the prequels. Mm. You know, a lot of the people who grew up with Star Wars and had the same issue with like the Ewoks, right? right? And they're like, it's just a toy ploy. You well, know? we get into that that whole mindset of like you know, you got Star Trek, Deep Space Nine new generation and this is better than that and that is better than mm-hmm. this and this was bad at first but if you really watch it again it has its own charm like people yeah. will have if you grow up like we'll talk about the sequels when we get to that but we will have we have disagreements on you know how those movies were made but yeah that, the those generation, are the three that you and I disagree with on the most right but the generation I remember taking my sister to go see The Force Awakens and th- thinking to right. myself it's not really clicking with me but then right. I look over at my sister and she's just in it. She's and just it's her Star Wars. It's her Star Wars. So yeah. down the road, who knows? Maybe this will age differently. We don't know. But as far yeah. as the prequels go, they have kind of garnered this sense of, like, I wouldn't say cult following because, I mean, you can't really be a cult following when it's a big franchise like Star Wars. But you have people who love the originals and you have people who prefer the prequels. Right. And I know that that's what you mean. It's like not a cult following, but it's like the people who preferred those. Right. The people that grew up with those. The people that... Liked them more for some reason. Okay, so let's go over. Well, I'll just say one last thing. Okay, go ahead. Because we're gonna go back to pr- we're gonna. I have some questions I ask you. It seems like you have some okay. questions you ask me. I was gonna say too. You haven't seen it yet, but there's a movie called Fanboys, which I'm shocked that you haven't seen because I know. And I mean, this is a compliment. You are the biggest Star Wars fan that I know. Yeah. In my in right. my life, you're the biggest. Um. I I know a lot of Star Wars fans, but I feel like it's you, and then like I don't think I know anybody bigger. Th- you know, not that I'm huge into Star Wars. You know me. I love it, but it's like not the biggest of my fandom stuff. Right. But like, it's a year above me by a, f- a significant amount in terms of how much you love Star Wars. And then it's me. Like, I don't know if I have any other friends who like Star Wars more than I do. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you know, like when I talk Star Wars, like I go to you for stuff. You know, Eli. Right. You know, our friend Eli likes yeah. Star Wars a lot. But like, and I know that's what Eli, we pretty much grew up on. Right. So mm-hmm. I know Eli through you. And so when I say right. like my friends, like I'm talking about like the people that you know, like the people that I know and and and, and all that and like. Yeah, you're definitely the biggest Star Wars fan, and so I'm kind of surprised you haven't seen Fanboys because Fanboys. I'll get around to it. You know, it's a story I mean, I haven't even seen Scott Pilgrim, so that's something yeah, we, gotta we gotta get on that. I mean, but so start. You know, Fanboys is a story about a group of friends who one of them is uh, has terminal cancer, and it's prior to Phantom Menace coming out, and they ha- hatch a plan to break into Skywalker Ranch and get the working cut of Phantom Menace to watch wow. it before he dies. And there's a point in the movie, you know, s- something happens, something doesn't happen. I'm not gonna ruin it for you, but they're gonna watch it and then it just, they just sit down and they look at each other and they go what if it sucks I've seen that part yeah and then <laughs> they like look at it and then it goes black and I was just like that's such a perfect yeah. way to talk about it because that's yeah. how so many people because clearly those kids like they were like 20 mm. or whatever so they didn't grow up with all of them but their Star Wars were the originals right and so you know he's just like <laughs> what if it sucks and it's such, such an encamp- encapsulation of the f- of this first one right um, in Phantom Menace because you know you, you have such a build up from the original one and then a lot of people had, you know, real mixed feelings about it. So, yeah, I mean, there were people that did repeat viewings, kind of like how they do now. I mean, yeah. st- the prequels were like Marvel 
before like yeah the, like you know when Marvel the prequels came out they were some of the first like real big like, like waiting wait, in wait, line like, yeah, yeah i think i think the phantom menace you know i was talking to my brother about this um and how like spider-man no way home broke the pre-sale record mm. and it's like i feel like every few years that just gets broken. Whether right. It's by, it was by The Force Awakens and it was by Last Jedi. Right. And they and, and, and both the Avengers movies, you know, mm. just constantly. But like one of the first huge movies, because this was prior to Harry Potter, right? So right. huge series, right? Star Wars starting the prequels up again. I'm pretty sure that um, Phantom Menace broke a lot of those pre Oh, records. yeah. Like I'm pretty sure like they set, that was like one of the huge like, like broke it and like shot the record up. You know what I mean? Like, it was twenty one, and then the new records a hundred thousand. You know what I mean? Like right, broke right. it by a large margin. So, right. you are definitely correct. Yeah, and I think that you know, with the ex- like extended or the um, what's it called? Yeah, the extended universe, the EU, and all that stuff that yeah. came out in between in that fifteen year gap between the, those books and right and the comics and the video games. It yeah. kind of like it became its own thing. And I think people had like there was the Kyle Katarn stuff, and I think a lot of people had expectations of what it was going to be. Right, and I Jedi Outcast and all that. Expected what it was. Right, and I think that you know George, Lu- like George Lucas, had crazy ideas going into the prequels. Yeah, and he had crazy ideas for the sequel trilogy that he gave to Disney, and they were like, "Yeah, no, yeah, we're going to do something different." And what what was so great about the original trilogy is that he they kind of you know reined him in with a lot of the ideas that he wanted That's to exactly do. What I mean. And then when he got full creative control, they just said, like, we have the golden goose here. Right. We'll just let him do whatever. And you, that's where you see some of the issue. And that's where the whole the dialogue, the politics, right. the weird, you know, scenes of between yeah. Anakin and Padme in some ways. It's And just, you know, yeah. too, and I've mentioned this to you before, too, like, there's a scene. If you're listening to this, you know, obviously you've seen Star Wars, so I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, spoiler warning. There's a scene, you know, the scene in Revenge of the Sith where um, Anakin kills Count Dooku. Right. In the novelization of that, there's a lot better clarity about, you know, you, you see it, but if you're not familiar with the idea that Palpatine is, or, um, you know, um, why am I blanking on his fake name? Um, Palpatine. F- the Emperor or yeah. Count Dooku? No, what, what's, what does he go by again? Chancellor Palpatine, right? Chancellor Palpatine. No, why, why, yeah, and then he becomes Darth Sidious, right? Emperor, I don't yeah. know why that felt wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, no, Darth Sidious, he's Chancellor Sidious, right? Chancellor no, Sidious. So, um, you know, he, Count Dooku, when he says kill him, when he tells him to kill the Count Dooku, Count Dooku gives him that look like, what do you mean kill me? Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, yeah. this was a plan to get Skywalker. Like, we did this together. Right. And way more in the novelization is it made clear that Palpatine's plan was to, he's getting him, he's killing him so he can't say like, oh, hey, this is the Sith Lord, by the right, way. Like, right. if you're kill me, I'm going to tell you all your secrets. Like, the novelization does a good job of of detailing that kind of stuff that you don't get in the movie. And I think it's that that's kind of goes to show, th- you know, Lucas included so much, and like sometimes he maybe could have stripped some stuff back and included way m- like a little bit more clarity and some right. of the stuff because he just wanted to throw it all in there. So yeah. Okay. So, excuse me. What are the Let's let's go. Let's start off good. What are the good? The good and the bad. Let's good. Good. Good and the bad. What sure. What are the best parts? We'll do it for all the movies, but best parts about Phantom Menace. Uh, Qui Gon Jinn, obviously, uh, is a huge plus for me. I loved I loved Liam Neeson in that role. I still do. Uh, he was, you know, the second day, you know, from the get go, you see some Jedi fighting that you didn't get in the original series in terms right. of skill and stuff, and so you know, like you you get peak 
you know, like prime in their prime Jedi right. fighting. Right. And so right off the bat, you're like, awesome. Liam Neeson's character, freaking awesome. Green lightsaber. So for me as a kid, awesome. Right. You know, um, I it, think it was like, it was loud. It was explosive. It was right. everything that kids want to see. Yeah. Right off the bat, that movie started and I was like, wow, this is cool. You know, I was like, this is awesome. Right. And <clears throat> as much as Liam Neeson is one of my favorite parts of the first one, um, f- I will be repetitive with each of the three we talk about. Obi-Wan, you know, Ewan McGregor, I thought was absolutely great oh, yeah. um, as, as Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And so he's, you know, spoiler alert, I'll say it now for all three of them. He was a good part of each of them for me. Um, right. And he absolutely hit his stride in the third one. And I think that he was such a good Obi-Wan in vein of what uh, is in vain a, a bad way of saying that in in the spirit of what alec guinness put forward right you know like i th- I can't wait to see the kenobi show because <coughs> to see how they can link to, those to two see, performances yeah, to see how much cl- how closer he even gets right with it um but so yeah for me you know right off the bat two two good things about the prequel and the first one the phantom menace was obviously yeah both of the jedi just starting off right there hey let's let's right. go um I thought, for me, you know, seeing a lot of the new ships, especially the the Naboo um, white and uh, and yellow ship, the, the oh the, the, the Naboo, Naboo uh, starfighters, yeah, yeah, loved those. Right. And in fact, I had a Star Wars starfighter game mm-hmm. on an, uh, PlayStation Two. Yeah, and that's this that you use that one almost most frequently in the game in the beginning at least. Yeah, <coughs> and that so was like the new Tie Fighter or not Tie uh, the new X Wing, but that Naboo Ooh. starfighter. Yeah, I think um, is it Naboo or Naboo? I think we can hear both yeah. ways. Um, I thought, you know, visually, a lot of the ships and a lot of the technology and things that were introduced mm-hmm. in the prequels were really cool. Right. Um, uh, I thought, you know, a lot of people get on, is it Jake? What's his name? Jake, Jake Lloyd. Lloyd. I actually think he's not that awful. No. <clears throat> for, you know, for a kid who was only in, like, two things, you know, he did this in, like, the video game. He did and this and then again, Jingle All the Way. Yeah, Jingle All the Way. Like, he he's not... As bad as people really give, give him a flack for it, he's not the greatest actor of all time. He's not a child prodigy or anything right. like that. Well, I think a lot of that came from the kids that he was going to school with. Because Jake, I think he went to jail. I mean, he just had a tough go, and and it, it's I mean, it's such a shame because you know he was just he, he was the kid that got the you know experience of a lifetime that every kid dreamed of to be in Star Wars, to be the main right. character in Star Wars, and he the got exact opposite of Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> right, right, one and done. <laughs> and he uh, just got this great opportunity, and he got crazy bullied for it. As and a I kid. think and too because of how much uh, negative, um, not press, but like you know, a lot of people didn't like that movie, and so yeah. I think he he got the fr- the brunt of that a lot from mm. some kids. Like, why are we, you were the worst part of this bad movie? You know, right. kids are mean, right. and um, I I honestly watching it with you guys, I was sitting there kind of going like. No, he's just he's he's a he's a kid. Yeah. You know, and some of the lines he was saying, people were like, Oh, that's wood and I was like, He sounds like a kid. Yeah. You know, like when he talks he's talking mess as a bulba and he's like, like blah, 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 yeah. a bulba and I was like, Nice. Nice. Got him, burned Got him. Got him. You know, I don't know what you said to him. There's no <laughs> subtitles, you're speaking his language, but like burn, Jake, you know what I mean? Like Jake. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. I, I honestly was was sitting there thinking that there was more good lines than I remember from him and more bad lines from Amadala that I remember. Delivered yeah, I mean, yeah. I so I can understand like 
some of the decisions made by George Lucas in regards to writing the characters, how they would speak, how they yeah. would act. You know, I feel like Padme was, you know, she she was young too, but she's also has to give that impression of a young queen. Like she she's just kind yeah. of been she's thrown like into t- it. A teenager, like but like pre like young. She's yeah, like fourteen or something. And again, I think I just chalk that up to George Lucas and the dialogue that he writes. Very very, it's. It's like clunky. It reads good. It's sa- it, like if he wrote this down in a book. Like I'm, sh- I'm sure that if George mm-hmm. Lucas didn't get, uh, you know, the funding for the original Star Wars movie, should have wrote a real good book. Yeah. Well, he was gonna write a good book. Well, wasn't he like a huge fan of the Hobbit? Also. Uh, like yeah. Well, he based the, the the you know Luke's arc off the hero's journey from um, I think Bruce Campbell or something like that, mm-hmm. and it was um, you know a, a professor that he studied really well in, yeah. in college and film school, but. Well, when I say the Hobbit because that's the same kind of thing. You know, reads, yeah. reads well, but it's like that. Can't, it's can't a disaster it. yeah. if you adapt it uh, you know, one for one. And, you know, he was going to go, if A New Hope, well, when it was originally called Star Wars, if that didn't get picked up, mm-hmm. because nobody believed in it, everybody passed on it. Right. If that didn't get picked up, he actually had the second, because he wrote the the full the script. The original story. As one big movie. So everything yeah. from from A New Hope to Return of the Jedi, he was going to have in one movie. Right. But it was too long, so he took the first act mm-hmm. of that script and, and made A New it. Hope. Yeah. And his thinking was, if New Hope didn't succeed, then I'll go ahead and re- put this into a, a book. So he was actually working on it, and it actually did get published before Empire came out. It was called yeah. Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Right. And it was supposed to follow Luke and Vader and Leia and everything, um, but then it became this phenomenal success. So, yeah, it, a, a lot of the... You know, the way the, you know, Phantom Menace and Tag of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith read, yeah. it does read like a good book. But when you put it to screen, it's it, there's some sp- par- parts where they're like, you can tell where the studio was like, okay, we got to we got to yeah. make this better. We got to mm-hmm. put some more action. We got to because in this books, going. too, you got to paint the picture. Right. Whereas movies, you know, you can take a little out because you can just show it. You can do it. Right. You know, you don't have to say and he turns around you know and he's saying i'm turning around you know right right turn. right and so show don't tell exactly in that regard like you can simplify stuff and you're right you know what i mean it's just like it was really noticeable the dialogue compared to the other six movies you know those right. three you know right it's just it's it's wordy it's really yeah. wordy but we've gone over that but as far as like like i'll go over the things that i like for yeah instance. Say, so what, what's some good things for you jar jar is probably hands down <laughs> My, the thing that inspired me as a kid. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, now we're talking facts. Um, al- al- also, p- poor, poor guy. <laughs> I, guy oh yeah, um, uh, Ahmad Best. What he's think, told. Yeah, and and you know what? He's still such a good like good spirit about it. So the 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 character that played Jar Jar Binks did the motion capture and the voice work, which mm-hmm. obviously was like cutting edge technology at the time. You know, a lot yeah. of the stuff that we take for granted now is what they were pioneering with the prequels. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of people hark on the overuse of CGI. Especially in the prequels. Especially in the prequels and how you see behind-the-scenes footage and they're literally just sitting in a wall yeah, of green. Yeah, like you and McGregor, I've told, I told you when we were watching Attack of the Clones, you and McGregor talked about how the, you know, that was really hard for him because there were scenes like when he was in Camino, mm. and he's just he was by himself just talking, talking to tennis him balls, and yeah. sitting in a, in a, you know, in a, in a con- entire area that would be rendered, you know. But I... What a lot of people give, you know, heat for the prequels because of that CGI, you know, you know, a person 
you know, have to still obviously walk. It was walk great at the time, though. At the time, yeah, but they have to walk before they can run. Yeah. You can even look at the f- at, at Sorcerer's Stone, Harry Potter, right. uh, that was released two years later in 2001. And, you know, just the significant, like, kind of improvements to that one. Right. And then you look at Revenge of the Sith compared to the first, you know, mm-hmm. uh, compared to Phantom Menace. And how far they came with that, where they right. were rendering entire rooms and like the huge like you you know the united the united nations type <laughs> thing that they do when right. he announces he's supreme chancellor right um like all of that looked really really mustafar you know yeah. looked great in comparison to well, you know, I, I forget there was some there was a scene there was something in phantom menace w- when it came on the three of us were like oh man yeah Com- but that i mean to be fair you know we're getting we're getting like in in you know marvel and, Th- and thanos like r- completely rendered humanoid alien right. giants that look really great right you know what i mean and like we're spoiled now no wonder you know we look back at this point 20 right one almost 22 years ago 99 and 22 years ago that you know that was yeah. great for the time well think about it we say that we're spoiled now and that cgi back then was absolutely just awful CGI and everything was it, was it was what it was right it but it was the worst you know nothing but green screen and blue screen and yeah. nothing was real i i I challenge anybody mm-hmm. to find a Marvel movie now, one right. of the highest grossing render. They always get nominated for Academy Awards, Visual anything. And stuff. Look at the behind the scenes. Yeah. Green screen. Excluding, Platforms. excluding James Gunn. I mean, James he Gunn. Does, yeah. He, he's like specifically Suicide Squad, too. He was saying he did some of the most theatrical shots, right. like, uh, like set design stuff of any of his movies, including In the Guardians one. To be fair, though. Guardians takes place in space. Suicide Squad right. does not. It takes place on Earth. But but, but like a, a movie he's like trying to like and the same thing with with the style that Mandalorian's doing, where they're right. trying to take a they're trying to to take it back to its roots, you know. Right. Um. But like what I like and the new Batman and you know. But like Endgame, for instance. Right. I, I so much everything was rendered. To be fair, you know, you can't so go film in space. Exactly. But that's what I, that's the whole point. You exactly. Know? Like you know, Star Wars isn't star. It's space. But you know they harp on all these overuse of visual effects and you see it now and it's like you had to you have to do that stuff now because there's just no way you could have shot any of that practically the fact that they did it back in the 70s was by a miracle but it's it's so impressive and and um so intriguing to watch how they did the original trilogy so me bringing that up right i i that's probably one of the better parts of the movie for me was the CGI because at the t- yeah when we saw it as kids at right, the time it was freaking rad yeah now obviously it's dated you know yeah. the the T one thousand from T two is dated you, you know, know the 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 dinosaurs from Jurassic Park still hold up right there dated. are there, there's dated you know what I was saying oh another thing I forgot to mention about the good pod racing um, oh yeah that actually that scene actually still looks really good it does to this day really pod does. racing looks really good I I, I might. Whether it's now or when we're you know when we're finishing up, we're wrapping the episode up. I mm-hmm. will try to remember what I remember seeing in this one, where I was like, "Ooh, that's bad CGI." Right. Um, I want to say it was something with the Gungans. I think it was when, like um, when they're underwater. I think is when it was he, the he jumped into the water and then he comes up out of the water. Jar Jar mm-hmm. jumps into the water to go yeah, to the Gungan. Yeah, anything with Jar Jar talking with with Obi Wan and with Qui-Gon real people, is, it's, is, it's it's hard. It's great. a it's hard. So, uh-huh. but um, the first thing I want to get off as far as what's great is obviously the lightsaber fights. Yeah, it the was such action. a refreshing, like fun introduction to be like, you know, New Hope. You know, Obi Wan, 
Darth Vader. Old ass man. Bang, bang, you know, smacking sticks. Yeah. And Going then, up against and then, uh, decrepit you know, old exactly, machine. Exactly, robot man. Compared to this, yeah, I mean, I, I remember when we were watching Revenge of the Sith the other day, and I was just saying, like, how, you know, especially when with Sidious and Yoda, you know, the biggest flippers in the galaxy, you know, they're fighting, oh, they're just flipping, they're just jumping around, they're flipping. They're flip boys. They're big flippers, you know, and I, I just laugh because I'm just like, you know, he heard those critiques, you know, these are supposed to be... Double oh, down, more, more flips. He's like, oh, yeah? You know, you didn't like Darth Maul? How about flips, you know? <laughs> how about Yoda flips everywhere? Yoda's got no cane. If he has no cane in his hand, expect a flip. You know? <laughs> yeah. That, so that, agreed. Lo- I love it. Yeah. You know, because well, it's, especially they're, they're for in their prime. You know, th- is, it's it's the peak because we're, we're in, in Phantom Menace, we are seeing the start of the decline of the Jedi. Right. Right? So at the opening scene, everything in terms of the Jedi's existence and road to extinction starts there. Right. And at that moment, that is their peak. Right. Right? Like, they've... They've transcended to this point because every peak has a start and then it has to go to it a plateau. It's, it's plateau, then, right? Yeah. So if that movie is the start of their downfall, that means that that's the highest the Jedi are at right. that moment, right? right? That opening fight scene, mm-hmm. that episode between from there, the Darth Maul, everything. Well, I mean, and it was it it's it felt like that, you know. I mean, you ask a lot of people who are fr- uh, fans of Star Wars, yeah, arguably, what are the what are the best lightsaber fights? Two of them are from Phantom the prequels. Menace. And, and yeah, another thing I Phantom didn't mention: Darth Maul. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Darth Maul. Was Darth Maul was you know, I, frustrating I that he was one and done in those movies. Right. Right. And you know, their whole idea of the different types of villains that they had in the three movies was Darth Maul was you know the puppet that Sidious used, completely took advantage of, and didn't see it coming. Count Dooku is the um, the fallen Jedi, and General Grievous that he, is that the he half used that to his advantage. That is the half human or half alien, half machine. Yeah, all you know these echoes of Anakin. What Anakin? So they're kind of precursors to what Anakin would become. So I get right. that aspect of it, but yeah, when you have an awesome looking character, especially the design of it, um, you know he has the the, the tattoos and the travel tattoos. Apparently, Darth Maul is all red. Yes, he is. And yeah. he, I was going to say yeah. that his race. Um, ex- they're ra- they're not always red because his brother's yellow. Yeah, yeah. Remember what Savage. Uh, what's his yeah, so, yeah. Savage Opress. V- Savage. Let me read his name. It's Savage. Opress. I mean Darth yeah. Maul. Count or Darth Tyrannus. Count Darth Duke Plagueis. Count. Yeah. No, it's I know. Yeah, just dumb, dumb. Star Wars is full of stupid names. Yeah. But yeah, his brother's yellow or whatever, and yeah. so I think that their race, much like you know, they're actually humans so have different skin colors. But yeah, he's yeah. The black is all tattoo. Right. Or, you know, symbols or whatever you want. I don't know if Star Wars calls it tattoos. But. <laughs> well, the other thing I find myself always having, not to argue with people, but feeling I have to exp- over-explain yeah. certain things that people miss about the prequels because you see it on surface level. Yeah. But I that's see what I mean about the Dooku thing, the look. Right. You know, some people have to know the stuff that like you and I do to understand right. uh, over-the-surface level stuff. Well, I usually watch a lot of YouTube videos of like sword masters and how they critique okay. different you know, um, like movie and film, exactly. And different, TV, sorry, film and TV. Yeah, different sword fights in movie okay. and film, and oh, they obviously bring up Star Wars a lot. You know, right. and they bring that's up Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, exactly. So I'll have to check that out. A lot of the ones I'll send you a link. Uh, a lot of the ones um, critique the fight between Maul, Qui Gon, Obi Wan, right? And they're like, yeah, it's it's absolutely like mechanically, it's 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 a horrible fight. You right, know, it's a there's ba- a lot it's a of scenes fight. that I'm like watching. It's it, it's almost like, like they're clearly p- trying to connect their lightsabers. Yeah, and you have other. to almost play it off too. Is like, 
However, and that's how all movies are. But it's like you have to be like, oh, oh, you know, Darth Maul's right. playing with him. He's toying with. Well, him, they, they always I mean? say like, like that's, it's that's movies. You have to let let some of that go. It's flair, you know. And he was. Yeah. They would say like, oh, it's really pretty, you know. They they're yeah. flailing around, you know. It, it, but it's pretty much a choreographed dance. Oh, I can say the same thing about the Revenge of the Sith fight. But that one scene where they're just going, um, and missing. In, in kind of, <laughs> can you can you just imagine they're just like lopping chunks of like their clothes off and like ah, nicking each other. I always thought that yeah. that scene specifically. And um, that can actually honestly, in my opinion, if you really pay attention to it, can be explained away in the same movie. So okay. Qui-Gon, when he's, you know, when he's talking with Shimi Skywalker about Anakin. Another stupid name. <laughs> yeah. Um, talking about uh, Anakin and how he can pod race and all that. And he's yeah. like, very fast, very dangerous. Not a lot of humans can do it. And then she it. tells him that he's pretty much Jesus. Pretty much. And she I was just pregnant one day. Just, just, ha- just happened. I don't know. No father. Um, <laughs> liar, <laughs> liar. Um, but she, but he tells, um, he tells her he's like he can see things before they happen, and that's a Jedi trait right. that Jedi can. Some uh, Jedi, some Jedi can even see the future in some respects. Mm-hmm. Anakin, Anakin. Um, and that's why they have such quick reflexes, and then they can right. run, jump, and everything. And you can honestly explain that away mm-hmm. with the reason why they look like they're connecting lightsabers because it, it's like it's not a a, a reactionary thing right. it, it, it is but it's a reactionary thing to things that they already can see so if mm-hmm. Darth Maul you know swipes over the head Obi-Wan knows to connect it up there right. so it's almost like they're anticipating and that's why it looks so like choreographed because mm-hmm. in a way it is and that's uh, yeah. to me the way I explain to people like when they're like yeah, it just looks like a real a, a dance, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, kind of is. It kind of is. Like it's it's more of a chess." Well, chess you know, match. too, with sword fighting, and I remember reading this about um, how that they, they how they were preparing the Revenge of the Sith fight. Because I remember I told you I was watching, without explaining some of the Mustafar stuff, it's actual like volcano stuff, you know, CGI, and they included like actual renderings and stuff. Um, They're talking about the sword fighting and the, the, the lit side of the saber fighting, and sword fighting in general too. Um, it's like fencing. You know, like 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 you know, um, strategic. You're sometimes you're you're swinging with the intent of doing that because you're setting it to other things up, right? And so sometimes you are swinging to hit their 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 saber mm. because you're trying to you know it's like a parry thing. You're trying to do right. this so you can come back and it's like boxing, you know. Right. You know, I mean, there's I, clearly you're parts not, you're of the fight. Trying to knock him out every time. Right. I mean, there's clearly parts of the fight where. Yeah. I mean, he, that's choreography he, too. Yeah. Though. He like Ray Fisher, the great Ray Fisher, who plays Darth Maul, is clearly back great back-to-back movies for him with that next man oh toad. yeah because he was toad but like you can clearly see where he's swinging he's huge swings with this you know because he's obviously a skilled martial artist and yeah. Hugh mcgregor i mean as great of an actor he is he kept up and everything yeah, much more clunky right but but yeah. i mean just to see kind of like at the end when you know qui-gon dies and then it's just yeah. him against maul you can yeah. see him pumping himself up a little bit and that's and that's his thing too when 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 qui-gon is like calm when the ratio right away and then he's like just staring he's at like, like a yeah, shark you, you know? just see that he's just behind the ratio and he's that about was a really to cool like example of the difference between the jedi and the sith too right well that's what i'm saying obi-wan was the one that was pumping himself up getting yeah, ready Obi-Wan and that's actually that was Hugh mcgregor doing that that was totally yeah. out of like he yeah. was not doing that because it said in script it yeah, was, was just like ready for the scene um but yeah i th- honestly think that not only phantom menace but I mean, Attack of the Clones had some good fight scenes between you know the actual people that were there. I mean, the, yeah. the Yoda and the Dooku stuff is you know r- ridiculous. Our first example but of flipping around Yoda, right? And then obviously we'll get to Revenge of the Sith. But um, as far as 
bad things, I mean, we'll wrap up with yeah, say, Phantom Menace. Give me, give me some of your bad stuff, and then we'll move on to Attack of the Clones here. Um, honestly, like, <laughs> anything with Jar Jar, yes, but Boss Nass is probably the weirdest character. The 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 <laughs> boss of the Gungans and he <laughs> yeah. does that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that yeah, guy boss is, is is weird really weird and I can understand you know George Lucas obviously wanting a character to represent the kid and all of us with Jar Jar so they're kind of just like bumbling and kid just, right but like just, but that's not you know as easy he wanted to give us the new C three PO and R two D two but it w- it just really missed the mark and instead in he gave us C three PO and R two D two yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But like he really missed the mark with with Jar Jar. Like I feel like he he dialed back a lot of the bumblingness, and I yeah. get it. He's supposed to be like the the funny thing that the kids laugh at, and it's just it, he gets more distracting, mm-hmm. if anything, than helpful. Like yeah, he, I get yeah, it. He's supposed he's, to be he's super distracting. But you know, and I can understand the appeal. Like he obviously it shows how he progresses in the sequel or in it the shows how they view him too. Every movie he's got less of him. <laughs> well, yeah, he, it does get less of him. But like it, when Attack of the Clones come around. Yeah. He's a senator for some reason. And, you know, that that makes me really worried about the state of, of uh, politics on, on Well, it doesn't <laughs> surprise me that this whole thing kind of fell, the republic kind of fell when you have people like Jar Jar representing right, yeah. Nab- Naboo, so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean I so, like it drags in some parts of the movie, you know, like when they're talking at and and I know we I just said like well it doesn't talk as much but there are parts in this movie where they're just you know they're talking on the ship for a little bit too long they're talking you know at the There's dinner a lot table of for long yeah where where the originals they That's were like one of my issues yeah like they were we're go we're on to the next scene on to the next scene now we got to go get the Death Star yeah. or get the princess from the Death Star and this one it's just like well let's discuss what Metaclorians are let's discuss let's discuss what, our, our options uh, politically yeah let's let's see what what uh, what stuff on the ship we can we trade for a hyperdrive war yeah and it's just like okay we we get it like this is kind of it's a lull and yeah who's the father of this kid yeah it's it's know? just it there's a lot of stuff that is not left up to mystery where it's just literally explained yeah, away where other movies scene. don't go into detail because they're it, stuff's talked about right in the like next movie, save it for so. a book save it for a comic save it for a game yeah. but mm-hmm. at this point it's like we got to get this movie going but that's a good way to end that one because we got to get this movie going but obviously it's podcast but i was going to say too one thing just in the same way that that ewan mcgregor is a good thing throughout them there's i have a bad thing for each of the prequels and it's that r2d2 is so frontal in the story he's so upfront you know he's fully frontal yeah he's fully frontal story nude no, he's so much, you know, like he's 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 in the story from the start to the end of Revenge of the Sith when they wipe their their, you know, at least C3PO's C3PO's mind, yeah. mind. Um he's he's, you know, he's Anakin's personal protocol droid, not protocol droid. That sorry, he's a what is R2D2 again? He's a um R2D2 is an astromech. Thank you. And so he, you know, and he travels with Anakin, right? And even Obi-Wan's like, you know, R2, you know, start the elevator stuff. And it makes me so mad when you go back to New Hope. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't remember having owning any droid. <laughs> yeah. Shut your mouth. You had like three, too. You had, yeah. <laughs> you had R4. Yeah. You had, and then at the very least, you were a stepfather to R2-D2 <laughs> and a buddy to C-3PO. Yeah. It just makes me so mad that George Lucas didn't. It's like an oversight. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, God, like, that wasn't that hard, man, mm. to like, to go, oh, he doesn't remember having a droid. 
is there something you can add to this freaking movie now that you because that that you can't go back and change that line. I mean, maybe that can get explained away in Kenobi, but who knows? I mean, yeah, the only thing I think of is like, d- you know, did was was life on Tatooine so hard? He's dude just that old. He's got memory loss. You I know mean, what I mean? He did like, age from thirty years to sixty years in a course of. I'm looking forward to seeing what he you and McGregor looks like in the show. I feel like they're gonna give him long hair, some gray, and like a scruffy beard. I think he'll still have the beard similar to how he I don't had think in Revenge of the Sith because that's like, the Alec Guinness beard. Yeah. I think he's going to, I mean, to be fair, again, he's, he's got to be 17 late 40s. years older than he was in, you know. So technically, yeah, but he does not going to look like Alec Guinness. Or 16 at the, uh, at the point that the movie comes out. Yeah. Um, he's still not going to look like Alec Guinness, so I'm sure they mm. might help it out a little bit. Right. But, you know, it is what it is. So anyways, um, yeah, that's just something that annoys me. But let's move on to Attack of the Clones. Okay. Um... Right off the bat, what are some of the, you know what the opening crawls for the prequels? I will say, not as engaging. Yeah, the first one's trash. The the worst one is Attack of the Clones. Yeah, just um, I, I don't even remember. Like you can remember bits this Sith and bobs. Isn't bad. Yeah, well, it's because they like, they it's like he wanted to keep them like the original <laughs> crawls where he's just like and two Jedi. I'm like I know you're talking about Anakin and Obi Wan. Just put their names in it. Have you ever seen the um, Family Guy? Uh, spoofs of, of yeah, all Star but Wars. not only like one time each. So I don't really remember a lot about them. So the great other like, than uh, the neighbor having a limp lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, no, Herbert had a limp lightsaber. Yeah, he's their neighbor. Yeah, um, and one of the funny things about it was they always made fun of the crawls. So right. <laughs> at, at at the end of the first, like when they make fun of New Hope, um, it just says. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, Princess Leia was on her way from buying space groceries when this happened. <laughs> so, and it's almost like that is yeah, kind of how. Joke out of it. Yeah, but that's kind of how the prequels. Yeah, the prequel qual- crawls, crawls. The prequel crawls are the worst of the, of the nine movies. I think that The Force Awakens has a great crawl. I would, I would object. Well, not object, but I would say that Rise of Skywalker has probably. Terrible. The most terrible, one of the most terrible. Yeah, problems. let's say you know what. Let let's say the the one and two, Attack of Clones and and, and Phantom Menace and Rise of Skywalker are the worst. Really, w- they're really wordy. Yeah, like uh, Force heavy exposition was great. Last Jedi was good, if I remember correctly, but I need to see it again. Mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith has a pretty good crawl. War, mm-hmm. <laughs> war. It's like read all about it. Right, uh, right. It's like, Exclamation! Right, but yeah, going on from that, like, what are some of the, obviously? Let's go over like what are some of the highlights of it. Sure. So um, for you at least, right? So I really liked Hayden Christensen, Christensen as older Anakin. Okay. I think that he's not as good in this as he is in Revenge of the Sith. I think he's great in Revenge of the Sith, but same thing. He's not as bad as I feel like I remember being told he was. Right. Um. I think that it was cool to see like uh, an Anakin. That was a Padawan, but he was far along, and because it's, it's like what, like six years now that he's been, or whatever, it's like ten it, years after, um, yeah, so Phantom a fair Menace. amount of time. So he's like, right. yeah, he's like nineteen, yeah, and so he's you know comfortable in the character of Anakin, um, you know, as as written. Obviously, I'm not saying like Hayden Christian's comfortable. I mean, like the character of Anakin's fully fledged enough to now see like, you know, he is this great pilot that he mm. that he sort of showed as a kid, and like mm. now, oh hey, that's cool. Luke is. That make they're sim they're real similar, you know. Right. It was cool to see. They start connecting the tissue. And yes, all that. exactly. It, it, it was cool to see that part of it. Mm. Um. Th- obviously, the um. 
the Django Fett stuff was real cool. Oh, be- yeah. Being that, that Boba Fett was such a you know short-lived but iconic character right. in Star Wars right. lore. It was a good way to like expand that without having to go into the Boba mm-hmm. Fett lore. Exactly. And then um, I'll just keep it to three. And mm-hmm. then um, even though you know there are stuff things I like about the movie, um, the third thing would be I did really enjoy the um, arena fight at the right. end. You know where you get to see, like I said, you know Samuel Jackson was kind of wasted in the first one in terms of doing significant Something. stuff. Yeah. And so in in this one, you know, you you see that he's got the purple freaking lightsaber. Right. And I thought that was so awesome. I, that was like the because. Every single Star Wars movie has kind of had like the whoa type of like ri- lightsaber reveal, yeah, and you know, you know with double sided, and then purple. You know, we never purple. got a purple lightsaber before, and then like Kylo was Count when you had the had the round, you know, the bent hilt. Right, Kylo Duke has, has the cross guard. Mm-hmm. So there's always kind of like been this reveal with a new lightsaber, and and pro lightsaber was pretty yellow like lightsaber in a movie at the end of Rise oh, of Skywalker. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it was like, I think too. What, what you know, when I say, this is the peak of the Jedi Order. You know, you see all of the Jedi. You see so many, not, maybe not all, but you see so many Jedi. There's a good amount of Jedi that die in that. Oh, <laughs> an insane amount. And right. it's funny, the prequels really undercut how many dog just, I was going to cuss, yeah. how many awful <laughs> Jedi there are. You know, like you know, like I said, there's that one guy that, that Sidious just looks at and then goes, and jumps around him and stabs him in the back. It's, right. like, it's like, did you want to fight, dude? Were you a plant also? Well, there's that one guy, there's that one Jedi it, I, it's kind of like the the dinosaur face Jedi yep. when mm-hmm. he jumps down off the and he's about he's and about he just to take and yeah, just, just he goes here's two to the chest just jangle duke 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 and that was it like that yeah. that, that was guy was uh, good on him you know bless, good on bless him his heart trying. you know but yeah. I was yeah like he wouldn't have beaten Dooku it's just like <laughs> you know I don't know why you're jumping down there like I think it was not even a master to, I know but, and I think it was supposed to show like how you know, OP Django was and just like take out a Jedi right like before that real he's quick. Beheaded. Right. But um, yeah, so that so that the end, you know, because you, you see all the Jedi, you see the Clone Wars, which is something that, you know, when you saw the original trilogy, you're like, wow, that must have been cool. But you didn't think you'd ever see it because at the time, you right, think there was right. be these prequels, you know, 20 years later and all that. And then obviously, yeah, I mean, a, right. a bright spot being that, you you know, Samuel Jackson as Mace Windu is a fully, right. fully formed Jedi. You get to see fight and stuff. Um, don't really care for the. The end fight with Dooku and Obi Wan and, and Anakin only because it's like uh, compared to the Darth Maul fight and then the right. uh, Obi Wan Anakin fight in Revenge of the Sith, it's like the least. I feel like they were banking on climactic fight. I think they were. I feel like they were banking on the the Yoda fight between Dooku. Yeah, Just and like, also whoa, Christopher you know. Lee obviously what amazing. Oh yeah, that was wonderful. a great addition too. Yeah, so I said three, but okay, it's kind well, of, I, kind I of didn't more like realize three I'm points with the two additional actor points. Piggybacking off the whole Christopher Lee thing, yeah. he's c- middle of the movie comes in like he gets mentioned i always thought when i was a kid that dooku was just always there but he comes in like towards the end of the movie and he doesn't honestly have a lot of screen time in yeah you don't see him until you don't see him until anakin and padme and 3po get captured right but it just shows how much of a presence he had like obviously he's a great i mean the great realistically in in the in the the series you get him for like the last 20 percent of that movie Mm -hmm. in the first Five minutes. Five, you know, in terms of his screen time, it was, right. long, it was like he's in the first. He, you know, he's at the end of the first thirty minutes of right of Revenge of the Sith. So, like, I mean, that's that's just Christopher Lee. You right. Know, I, he was so iconic uh, and such a good get um, right for Count Dooku that you know he was there. And it's the same thing with Lord of the Rings. You know, what I mean, like when you now when I see those roles, and like I can't imagine another person being Count Dooku or being right, um, right. Saur- Sauron, um, or Sauron, excuse me. Also, to kind of piggyback off of the things I like for, I mean, just towards Django. Yeah, yeah. I was I was talking with this about my or 
with this about my buddy how you know we're in a like a like a time of like social you know type of you know representation and different types of demographics of you know people and especially americans you know trying to get the representation on the big screen and on tv and everything um and to me like it's always kind of like this overemphasized thing like we we worry about you know that before the mm. actual like narrative and story and like the the the, the quality of what we're actually going to be putting into this movie. Okay. And I think that when it just happens naturally, that's when it's less of a problem cuz you know you see a lot of people like especially fans who are like, "Well, why do you got to change the race? Why do you got to change the gender? Why do you got to do this?" And, and you know, a lot of people will say, you know, I mean, why 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 does it bother you? you yeah, know, why blah, not? Blah, blah. Why not? But at the same time, if it's not like a natural thing, like if you don't overemphasize, yeah, if you force it, it's not. It's, it's, it's not. It, it can be bad both both ways. Exactly, and I think with like representation, you know, having uh, Tamora Morrison as Django Fett, yeah, was a great way to represent. Not only is he, you know, a New Zealander, but he's also a Maori New Zealander. So mm-hmm. he's he's very, you know. Um, you know, he, George Lucas just liked him not because right. of his his background, his heritage, but because yeah. he thought he's a badass guy. He's got, you yeah. know, he, I think he, I don't know if he is tatted up because you know, it, with in the uh, yeah, I don't know in the, in the Maori um like people, they have like a lot of you know chest tribal tattoos, tattoos and, and tribal tattoos and kind of like a sense of honor and everything. Yeah, and he just he he gives off of this presence like this is you know the most dangerous man you know in the in, galaxy. In the galaxy. Yeah, like he's he's the, do not want to mess with bounty hunter. There is. And, you know, he has a great, great voice, you know, just great presence. And so um, just to me, that's in my mind, it wasn't like something that was forced. It was just yeah. a good. No, I agree with you because we're all you and I are all for inclusion and right. diversity and all that. But I, I agree. It's like wh- while it's, you know, he, he he introduced, like you said, with him and the, and then the first black Jedi with, you know, with Samuel Jackson and right. even back to including like Lando and stuff in the original trilogy. Right, it's right. like. George Lucas has always been good at, at at diversity and inclusion in his movies. At the same time, it's like you're right. It's like it's not ideal to in have 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 it diver- just for the sake yeah, of yeah. Have, have diversity it. for the sake of having diversity it's because that that's against the point. Right. We, we you know we I you know I'm I'm free to say this obviously being like a white man. So I I I don't mean you're white. To, yeah, I don't mean to like preach, but what I mean is is like for me at least the way I look at it is like. Doing it for the sake of doing it kind of, I feel like, takes away from it. Right. Where, like, instead, like, you know, with with, with John Boyega and Finn, right. I, I truly think he was the best option and the best actor for that role. Mm. Not because he's a black dude, which is great. It's like, right. that's the point. That, that's what I feel like is the point is, like, you know, he, it's not just for the sake of doing it. He, w- he, he was the best option for that role. Right. And not to mention, he's also, you know... Um, a minority compared to you know how many actors there are right, in, in right. white actors and, and stuff in leading men roles right um and in oscar isaac too you know being mm-hmm. uh, not, not again not another white man and it's just right. like that that's w- yeah that's that's what we mean it's like not to say no diversity but to say like yeah diversity is great don't force it for the sake of like meeting some quota right you know? right which i feel like disney Especially Marvel, with Marvel, Star they, Wars. they've done they, a good job with that. They've done a good job, but also in some spots, like they really missed the mark of just having it for the sake of having it. But when you look sure. at the prequels, you know, like I said, to include Tamora Morrison was just he and it was such a great option. Yeah, and then he just got more. I mean, not that he needed that help to get more work, but that obviously put him on the map as yeah, everybody. When you're in Star Wars, re- yeah, you're, you're in Star Wars. Everyone sees right. Star Wars. And so when a lot of people, like especially for people who are, um, like mad that you know for the special editions they changed the original Boba Fett voice to Tamora Morrison's voice right. so I was like well I mean uh, it to gives him I mean it gives him more 
it gives a it get adds to the Boba Fett and Jango Fett mythology. You know, it right. gives more depth to that character. And now, like, yeah, I only see Jango Fett and Boba Fett with Tamora Morris. I c- can't even think of anybody else taking on that mantle. Yeah, so. and but now we have him in the book of Boba Fett. In the book of Boba Fett, he's yeah. continuing the role, which is awesome. It's great, yeah. And um, so yeah, he great addition. I mean, uh, again, like, there's a lot of stuff that people mock the sequel trilogy of like why does everybody have to be related to everybody why does it have to be you know this in correlation with that and it's kind of the same thing with the prequels you know with c3po having being built by anakin i i mean that was kind of a weird thing you know i mean you could have just had c3po there or like uh, obi-wan always always being around r2d2 and then saying i don't remember having a droid yeah (laughs) (laughs) so much that you mentioned it twice I'm going to mention it a third time. Okay. And then, like, yeah, Jango Fett having to be, you know, related or Boa Fett having to have some type of relation to the clones. But, I mean, it does get explained away and everything. Um, I I definitely liked, you know, the Camino scene, you know, kind of giving it more. Because d- we've seen desert planets. We've seen yeah. forest planets. We've I seen did enjoy the prequels giving us more planets. Right. You know, now we've, we see more, you know, we see literally a planet. You know that I made the joke. It's like probably has like the su- highest suicide rate between you know of Camino people because it's always it's raining and it's just <laughs> it's like and Seattle. Then, and like, guess what? Not only is it always raining, you're surrounded by water. water. Yeah. So like, he <laughs> you're hate, always wet. You know, Anakin hates sand because he lived on a sand planet. Like, did they, did they sit there and go, "I hate water. <laughs> it's wet and oh god, everywhere and it's just <laughs> always everywhere." <laughs> Um, but yeah, like there, there's a lot of like, obviously the, the arena scene really cool. You know, the fight between like the different like monsters, like the gladiatorial type of sacrifices that they had with, you know, um, Obi-Wan, Anakin, right. uh, Padme, the relationship between Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman feels forced re- at times, not really organic. Yeah. It's, it's really, and, and I think I told you a fun fact when we were watching is that the only reason why those two got hired together or why ne- or why Hayden Christensen, not the only reason, but one right, of the reasons she was going to be there regardless. Right. But they apparently tested well. No, they photographed well. So I mean, they were he's like, he's a handsome dude. Hayden Christensen's a handsome guy. Right. You know, but and, and she's pretty, you know what I mean? Like, right. Well, they originally offered Leonardo DiCaprio the role. Couldn't see it. No, you know, no. I think, I think maybe though it's cause I view like, I don't know. It's not that obviously Star Wars is great and there's good movies, but like Leonardo DiCaprio is like oftentimes doing movies that are Oscar best picture or not. He's, he's up, you know, he's up for a yeah. best actor. And so it's like, I can't imagine him doing like a, a tr- you know, like a, 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 uh, a franchise. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's never done a franchise as far as I can think of. No. Yeah. No. Um, but so it's just like, yeah, I can't imagine that. Yeah. But the, like the whole weird like George Clooney to be Batman. <laughs> oh god we don't have time for that we don't have time for that tell me all the bad things no. <laughs> okay go ahead um but yeah like some of the like quote-unquote romantic things between them like when they're trying to like gain like i don't believe like these people will like die yeah for it each felt other. it felt really like like that whole fireplace scene thin. yeah the, the, the scene where he's talking about the sand and like you know he, he tries <laughs> to kiss and she's like no thanks it's, it's just, like, just so like it doesn't feel like two people who do really like each other but they're like we can't give into it it feels like, like she's I, like i actually know <laughs> i don't like you dude like honestly like when they do act and they do try to like interact and they're trying to like you said kiss or whatever like i can just imagine like in, in the back of my head i i just hear george lucas off camera being like you know, just like, him. <laughs> and, and, but like, you know, you know what it feels like Tell to me, you know, what you it know, feels like, like <laughs> to me is it feels like these characters are supposed to 
you know, have all the things we talked about, but the actors hate each other. Oh, yeah. That's what it feels like I'm watching. Yeah. It's is like it feels like no they chemistry. don't like each other. So, that yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's one of the things why. It's better than the third one. It is. To an extent. Yeah, it is kind of, sort of. But, but it's like, you know, like uh, if you compare it to like Han and Leia in the original or right. even like Kylo and Rey in the new one, like. There's way more chemistry between the two of, the, of each of those f- mm. four actors between the, themselves, right? And not even that, like like Han Solo and Leia, obviously iconic, right? You know, even though like you watch it back now, well, when you bang in real life, you know, it's, you're gonna have some actual. When well, you watch it back too, as, as adult <laughs> charisma, and you're yeah, like, he's so mean to her, <laughs> you know. But it's like, um, you know, with Kylo and Rey, you know, there's yeah. a lot of issues with those movies, yeah. And we'll talk about it when we get to that. But mm. it's like. They they had chemistry the two of them mm. like you could see even just like caring for each other as like friends ultimately yeah. right like she wanted the best for him because like she knew he 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 strayed and she wanted to bring him back to the, you know she wanted to be like you felt something there. Right. like I never really look at Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman's characters in these movies as like yeah I feel that between the two of them yeah I just don't think just, I ever really did it's just really w- it's funny because um. J.J. Abrams to go back to what you were saying about Daisy Ridley being Ray. Yeah, he she said that she thought she was gonna get fired because one time at the beginning of filming, J.J. Abrams came up to her and said, "You're kind of wooden," and then that's when she was like trying to right and she t- turn in. She was nervous because it was like her first right, big exactly. role, and then she like let it go exactly. And to be to be honest, I will say we're not gonna talk prequel sequels right now, but Daisy Ridley is one of the best parts of the sequels. I was I I personally think that okay. I think her I think her John Boyega and Oscar Isaac are all some of the best parts of those movies. And, and I'll put it this way: and Adam Driver. I'll get there. I'll get to there. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get. To we'll that. talk about that. Uh, no, but like next, w- the original, <laughs> right? Um, but as far as the acting, the reason why I bring that up is because the the acting between Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman wouldn't. I, I had I had no yep. feeling. No, no. I, I was like these two are in love it's just like we have to establish that because they are the parents of yep. the other people so it's like really agree yeah I, that, those those are the big things that, and i think that's one of the reasons why attack of the clones is not my favorite of the sequels or the uh, the prequels it's just it kind of yeah the 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 end fight scene and, the, and you know actually getting introduced to the clones and everything they're really cool you know jane goes really cool Ewan McGregor's inconsistent fake beard is, you know, is really distracting. Shoots, yeah. yeah, it's 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 just really funny because, you know, you can obviously tell when something's real. Yeah, and thanks. Then I used to not notice that until you said it. Now it ruins it now, doesn't it? it? Yeah, thanks it's, a lot. It's, yeah, it's one of those things that you cannot unsee, and it's just I can I can tell you that's true. And I remember as a kid, I was like, why does his face look so weird right now? And then looking at the behind the scenes, I was like, oh, they reshot a lot of stuff here, but. Yeah, I mean, the CGI in some parts, again, doesn't really hold, like, the factory scenes kind of, that's kind of a grind to get through, too. And True. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Hayden Christensen with, y- there are parts, I mean, the one thing that we haven't mentioned about the sequel, or the prequels, is, I mean, they, the amazing score by John Williams, so there's... Yeah, that's not talked about enough, probably because of the fact that the, f- the first three are so iconic. Right. But there's some great... Stuff like Duel of the Fates between Maul, mm-hmm. Qui Gon, Obi Wan. That's like the, the most uh, synonymous with the sequels. Mm-hmm. And then Anakin and Padme's love song. Right, pretty good, right. really good. And then also the song during the Mustafar fight. Mustafar, Kamino. Like y- you know, those, there's some good yeah. tracks. Also, another thing that I really like about the se- or the uh, the prequels. I keep saying sequels, but the prequels is the sound design. Yeah, you they, know, 
they didn't decide to just copy and paste like the sequels did and then mm-hmm. maybe like add like a, a made up laser of, of effect that they tried but yeah. everything is so unique and it's so otherworldly like yeah it, it fits without having being the same as what comes before Well, when i was talking about how i had watched that behind the scenes about like oh that's a real volcano in this spot of the mustafar the reason we were watching it when i was in school for sound was it was talking about the sound design mm-hmm. and like the mustafar fight seems a perfect example because they're fighting on this like obviously it's all cgi so it's, it's right. a huge backdrop but they're on like an actual you know, with that crane thing that they're that long, that long, yeah, you know, yeah. just like two and a half foot wide thing that they're fighting on at one right. point. Um, they're on a thing about that same size, and they're doing their their choreography, and they have all these fans and lights on, mm-hmm. and so it, it led into the discussion about ADR, right, and about how like none of the dialogue from a lot of scenes was usable because the background noise, you know, the fans, right, the lights right. and all these different things, the smacking of the of this lightsaber sticks cuz right. you know, in real life they're they're the sticks. Right. And so um it went into the discussion about not only the ADR and like you see, you know, um you see a shot of Hayden Christensen doing some push-ups before doing a um doing a dialogue because mm-hmm. he needed to be a little bit out of breath, mm-hmm. which I I love watching ADR oh, stuff. It's so yeah. interesting. Yeah. But um, it, it talked about the sound design, and then he talked about a bit, um, the guy that did it, I forget his name, and I apologize, um, because he did the original, and he also did Wally, in which he felt Wally was even more difficult at times because he had to create an entire world right. where he didn't have like reference right. audio. Um, he had to create everything had to sound because it was all animated. But um, he was, you know, he's like, this is how I made the blaster noise, and it's that, you know, big metal coil that he hits with a screw wrench, and yeah. you know lightsabers started with with uh, the root of the sound was a vacuum and think you know all these different things um uh, broken tv that, that was part of it too mm-hmm. and so um it w- yeah it was really interesting and, and if you you know if anybody listens to this if you ever really want to like like the star wars is such a great example of audio replacement uh, sound design mm-hmm. adr like absolutely watch the special features right. on revenge of the sith because it kind of touches on more than just Revenge of the Sith. I mean, just the, the the things that we take for granted. I mean, we see, I mean, obviously for a lot of people, movies are just a visual, you know, right. but like... You don't think about that stuff. Exactly. And I, I like how the uh, the prequels kind of, they stand on their own, which I really like. You know, the sequels really try to replicate what, what came from the originals, but, yeah. you know, a lot, we were even discussing why do the ships look, you know, more sleek and why does the... Why you is know, technology, technology better. Look better? And you know, we were, I, you know, we, you and I made the point that the fall of the Roman Empire, and when they were sacked by the barbarians, everything went into the Dark Ages. So technology kind of, you know, regressed, you know, and everything yeah. kind of went backwards. So yeah, and same sa- same sense with the Empire taking over. Exactly. So, I mean, those are some of the better things about Attack of the Clones. But yeah, for me, Attack of the Clones was kind of like the lull. It's kind of like the okay, let's get to this part so we can actually get to yeah. what we really want to talk about, which is now. Which, in comparison to you know, with the original tri- trilogy, the second one being arguably the best, right, of right. any Star Wars, right. But I mean, getting to Revenge of the Sith, I mean, obviously, both of our favorites. Yeah, and real quick because I wanted to say, but I didn't want to cut you off earlier. Um, and I mentioned this when we were watching Revenge of the Sith. What a run! For John Williams, you know John Williams oh, in the yeah. '90s was coming off having done ET in Jurassic Park mm-hmm. and Schindler's mm-hmm. List, um, or Schindler's is Hans Zimmer, isn't it? No, and Schindler's List is John Williams. Oh, okay, cool. That's what I thought because it's yeah. Spielberg. Yeah, and Schindler's List, right? So then in '99, he does Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. In 2001, he does Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. In 2002, he does Attack, Attack of the Clones. Clones. In 2000 and 
2004, he does uh, Chamber of Secrets. In 2005, he does Revenge of the Sith. In 2006, pretty sure six, maybe seven, he gets the last of his Harry Potters and he does um, Prisoner of Azkaban. Right. What a and, and I'm sure obviously he did movies in between that, but like mm-hmm. what a and all of them are movies. All man. of them are and pretty them are iconic. Great. Yeah, you know, like, like the, the, the Harry Potter themes coming off the back of doing a new Star Wars for the first time in years. Right, he did them, those back to back. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Like that, honestly, you know. like I did not think that. I only recently realized that John Williams did Prisoner of Azkaban because it's so. Different. I thought it, I thought it was the first. I thought he only did the first two. Yeah, and then I and I listened to it like you know the Shrieking Sack or sh- Sack the Shrieking Shack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's a there, one of my favorite Harry Potter songs is from that movie. Right, and it, it's the it's like the twangy um, piano, mm-hmm. you know, with like for the the Peter Pettigrew stuff yeah. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. When you, when you it's, it's him. awesome. It's it's, it's it's so different and so cool. Exactly. That's and why for a long time I thought it wasn't him. Mm-hmm. So and, and it's just great because each and every single one of them, like you said, has their own identity, like with Revenge of the Sith, and mm-hmm. you know, the, the each of those movies has something iconic sound wise right, about it. Right. Um, and even go back to the. Um, Great. Attack of the Clones, the, you know, the sound design, seismic charges from the slave. So cool, slave right? Uh, Star oh, Wars yeah. has been such a like front runner when it came to cool audio choices. I remember being in the theater and going like, blowing my mind when those things yeah. went off. Even even to the even to the Last Jedi, right? And that scene with the which where Holdo, um, takes the right, the, right. The, that is a cool. Their scene. transport and they, they she hyper drives through, mm-hmm. um, the uh, first. Order ship right. and it goes silent. Mm-hmm. I thought that was such a cool choice to do that. Oh yeah, I remember sitting there and having that happen, and I remember just thinking like, "Oh man, that's right. really like you, you know right. you see stuff or you you know you hear stuff and, you, and in the moment you react." And I was just like, "Wow, that is right. really cool. Right, like that's such an awesome choice to do that. Visually cool. The way it's presented, probably not. Well, because <laughs> a lot of people take you know pick, pick it apart. It apart yeah. Um, anyways, but going back to Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, what definitely our favorite of the three. Yeah. One of my favorite Star Wars movies. In fact, I like yeah. Revenge of the Sith more than any of the prequels. Sorry, any of the sequels. Same. Um, my favorite sequel is Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like, I like Revenge of the Sith more than Return of the Jedi now. Okay. Even. Oh yeah, you told me that. You know, like my favorite Star Wars movies is probably New Hope and then Empire. And and I get Empire is so good, but I think it's because New Hope. Was the first Star Wars I really saw, mm-hmm. so it's hard to not you know want it to it's be iconic. my favorite. Yeah, and like I said too, it's the only Star Wars movie that could could start and end and be the only movie and, and be absolutely fine. Right. Um, not that you wouldn't want more. It's but self-contained. It, it's, yeah, exactly. Because he didn't know if he's gonna make more. Right. He didn't know if he's gonna be able to. Right. Um. So realistically, I think for me, my favorite Star Wars movies go: New Hope, um, Empire Strikes Back, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I mean, the you know there there are some. You know, oh, sorry. Last Jedi is my favorite. No, last <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know. I I, I don't. I thought you movie, you don't don't lie. You. you said Rise of Skywalker is your ride or die. Okay. <sighs> um, um, but as far as um, Revenge of the Sith, it is that like, you can honestly tell like it's the best written. Yeah, it's not only the best written. I think you know, and as I mentioned too, like you know. Ewan McGregor really re- is the best right. in this one. Anakin, you know, right. Hayden Christensen's the best in this one. A lot of the actors get like re- reach their stride mm-hmm. at this point. But I also think the the three of the movies really reach their right. peak. You know, right. it's it's just the best done. It is it's the best movie from start to finish, like you said. And I said that when we started watching it that I think this is the best movie as a movie. Right. You know, has my favorite um, 
Starfighter, Starship, and all of Star Wars, which the is the Jedi Starfighters, yeah, exactly. the second yeah. version of the mm-hmm. Jedi Starfighters. I was telling you the same thing. Um, oh. I love the Jedi Starfighters, specifically Anakin's yellow one. Um, um, even though I love Obi-Wan's red one, too. Uh, probably one of the better openings of all the Star Wars yeah, movies. Yeah, it's, it's by far, um, actually... My favorite opening, yeah. of any Star Wars movie, just um, the, the 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 deep even though, drums yeah, coming in, even though the you know New Hope is iconic yeah. in its right, opening, right, right. and I actually think that the opening for uh, Empire Strikes Back is kind of underwhelming compared well, to the yeah, opening yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, of New yeah. Hope. But this is my favorite opening of any movie, uh, Star Wars movie, because it's just from the. Uh, that's what I was telling our friend when we were watching Revenge of the Sith. Is Revenge of the Sith is good, but it's also like, you know, we talk about there's a lot of talking mm-hmm. in the f- in in one and two, like. This movie is just kind of like keeps going. I, I yeah exactly. It's there are some the start, lulls, but it's like I was saying when we started watching it that the opening scene in Revenge of the Sith isn't an opening scene. It's more like a third act, yeah, finale type action right. sequence. Right, and they throw it right in the beginning. And mm-hmm. I think that that's like, I think it's an indicative too of like this is this is this is per, like peak Anakin because right. obviously again. You know, he everything's downhill for him. His from, final from, form, yeah. Super Saiyan. Exactly, R- right before having you know the that technically, I guess his peak right. is Sith version of him right before <laughs> yeah. he gets cut in half because he you know he's <laughs> right before he gets cut in half, cut in half. Right. You know what I mean? Right before he gets lobbed off. No, I just I think it's really funny the way he worded it. Like his yeah. peak is when he gets cut in half. <laughs> yeah, he was he was full and then he was half. <laughs> no, you know what I mean though. It's yeah. like um, you know the peak of his abilities before obviously losing his legs and his other arm. It's like. Right. Um, you know, you get to even again, though, you know, a lot missing in the time between two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get to see, you know, a fully, f- fully fledged, formed, yeah. fully formed Anakin. Yeah. Which and is great. with Ewan McGregor. And long hair and everything. Yeah, I didn't mind the long hair. The angsty you know, teen I was like, oh, he's got a scar on the side of yeah. his eye. You know, stuff. You know, like got to watch the cartoon to get of, it, yeah, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just that scene is just so good. That scene it just is sets great. the pace for the scene, that movie starts really well and it ends really well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, in terms of action scenes, and like the like the again, there are moments like this. The first, you know, obviously the original trilogy, um, and even the sequel trilogy, they are all within the span of like one or two days or a week or something. Like no, something uh, like the the sequel trilogy is. Um, no, like the individual movies, like so from Force Awakens. Oh, or from you mean the movie takes place? Yeah, yeah, they all uh-huh. take place. With the prequels take place over a couple of weeks. You it's know, like, I think it's like a few like months. Yeah, like there's because the day to day. Because like Padme goes from not showing her pregnancy to, like to giving pregnant. to giving birth. Yeah, well, so I think I mean I think it was a emergency. Well, you can birth, but I, th- I mean she was very pregnant. Well, you cannot show until like your mid, like your late second trimester. Like you can be four or five. Months I'm just pregnant. saying she wasn't yeah. showing, and then she gave birth. <laughs> so like it, w- it was a few months. But that being space, said, like I said, okay. you know, that being said, I think it's a movie about space wizards for children. Right. But I, well, lo- again, I, I love when people say that, by the yeah. way. But again, I think, um, you know, it could have been like a uh, emergency. Right. She was dying. But right. like still she was because of sad. Yeah. Because of sad. But she was very clearly pregnant. Yeah. Um, um, that yes, that correct. is that is one thing that I do not like about. Revenge OK, well, Seth. let's touch on the, the good. OK, quick, OK, because OK. We're, you know, we're gonna, um, we talked way too long about Phantom Menace. We got to. Make um, sure we get our points out about this one. So go, you go ahead and start. Some good, good about. Obviously, the fight between, uh, you know, Anakin the and Obi Wan. Mustafar fight. Yeah, that's iconic. What I mean. Starts and ends with two really great action right. sequences, and and like full, like long action sequences. The opening, mm-hmm. sh- the opening thing is like almost the first thirty minutes of the movie. Yeah, and the Mustafar fight's like the last twenty 
Yeah. It's a good yeah. chunk. Good chunk. Or, or last 20, because, you know, they have the, the funeral and, and garbage about where the babies are going to be. Funeral garbage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. Um, oh, definitely, like, the, the design of, like, we, we get more, like, we get um, designs of ships that were, like, the inspiration for the X-Wings, you know. Yeah, the you get those red ones that have, like, like the multiple. X-Wings, but then, like, there's, like, in between the what would be the More two. More wings. They added one above it in the middle and below <laughs> it. So it's, like, the two big ones and then, like, little three little yeah <laughs> um yeah just l- th- there's a lot more to you know th- there's a lot more to see there's a lot more to do now in this movie you know we kind of see more of the relationship between palpatine and anakin we get that dynamic of like where he's really falling you know he's he showing how i wish we could see more of that like influence that palpatine did have on anakin yeah because we kind of just like because you walk he turned into like it. in a minute yeah you know? but if you if you know that what happens between the two and the three you understand that they've grown close and right he's he's become like he even yeah. says he's like a father figure to me but yeah. we don't really get that in the movie and that's mm-hmm. like one of the low low parts but we do like ian mcdermott great like he really hams it up for this one it's really oh, huge like, it's it always reminds me of calabar from Halloween, Halloween Town, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> deep cut, deep cut, deep cut. But yeah, he he really is just like over the top Saturday morning cartoon in this one, and it's and it's it's to the point of like parody. But it's uh, it's so him because he's the only one that can do it. You know, like he's the one that you get to do it. You know, yeah. the, everybody loves yeah, that meme. Absolutely. You know, he's like just the way that he just like just like, like for something. yeah, like it's just so. Well, finish your good points because you you just mentioned one of my good points. Well, I just remember the big reveal of the lightsaber thing was when he pulls out his lightsaber. He just kind of like you he know just slides it's like as if it was on his like elbow a quick the whole blade. Time. He's yeah, like, like yeah, like and that like was a quick, him. A six like a like one of those quick shooters. From well, we what we see like and this to a lot of people like say gold, that gold handle. He was he was, he was pimped fancy out. Fancy boy. Oh hell yeah, he he knew what he was doing. He knew how to. He was a chancellor. Of course, he's gonna get all the he's good so stuff. He's so full of himself. Of course, he had a gold one. <laughs> well, in the in the Clone Wars cartoon, he has two of them. So you know, he's double fisting. Well, this again will go to my point, but it's like he's so full of himself. Of course, he's got a gold one. It's like yeah, he just told Anakin like, yeah, there's one guy who was so powerful, no one could kill him, but someone killed him. You know what that was? I don't know. <laughs> Threw him over the railing. Probably had a gold lightsaber. <laughs> but I do I do like how. Again, it's inconsistent. You know, it doesn't. You know, it's kind of like those oversight that we've mentioned before. Right. I do like the designs of the lightsaber hilts. Everything's all chrome. Everything's like shiny and chrome, and it's supposed to be like you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It looks. It, it just on on screen. It looks cooler. Yeah, um, and that, that part of that's just being a movie. You know? Right. But yeah, it. I mean, obviously, character design. You know the those weird <laughs> the corduroy men that are our buddies Hate and, yeah the, the the weird people that we found on Utapau or whatever the aliens mm-hmm. that are inhabiting Utapau. Yeah. General Grievous, I mean, pretty pretty great, pretty great villain. I mean, for what he was, what he was, you I know, think, like he. I think, like you said earlier about how each movie had a villain that encapsulates what Anakin becomes. Right? right. I think like he fits. He's not the most amazing of the villains in the trilogy. I hate his stupid cough. Um, really? That being said. Yeah, he, he well, was, we know he how fun. he gets it, though. Yeah, well, we know that he's well, extended universe. You know, yeah, he's he not. He's he was a alien of some type who mm. was injured or something along those lines. So maybe he is a his the the race of alien that he comes from. Uh, they're like all like prized warriors. Like they yeah. are, they have to be the best, and they're always like killing each other. And you know, they want to be the best. You know, top dog. So. 
Grievous starts out as a humanoid, but he kind of like this weird. What's that? What's that? Um, where people get a, like an excessive amount of plastic surgery. What's that? It's called like disgusting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's called it's Kylie Jenner. Kylie, Kylie Whoa. syndrome. Um, but they are like always like there's something wrong with oh the like they can't stop yeah so they can't stop so he actually all those are body modifications so he yeah. didn't get injured or anything he just he, well, I thought he got injured at one point and he kept and he kept having to add stuff so there are some like w- if something gets like it's you know really in, in the Clone Wars well him, in the Clone so. Wars like if he gets something like blown off or something he, he yeah, just replaces, it, replaces it but in the other Clone Wars before the original. CGI 3D Clone Wars. There was a 2D version of the Clone Wars where it actually explained. That had two of the Count Dooku type blades, the bald lady. Exactly. Well, she's in the other Clone Wars too, as uh, Saj Ventress. Yeah, thank you. Ventress was in my brain. And there is it. it, It's really cool because if anyone ever gets an opportunity to see that or watch those Clone Wars that those 2D animations, it leads into directly to Revenge of the Sith and the, yeah, the abduction of the Chancellor. He's got the and the reason why he, and all that. Right. But the reason why he has a cough is because when he's fleeing, Mace Windu chokes like crushes his crushes his like lung. Yeah, whatever. and then that's where he gets the cough. So it's yeah. not like it was incorporated. But like, see in the movie again in the same in the same way that this one struggles to give you the depth of Dooku's betrayal uh right. from Palpatine you just think he's got like bronchitis or something. Like it, it's the subject, and, and you is don't, not and there. you don't understand yeah. that he's not fully a droid. So you're like, why does this droid have a cough? Right. You know. <laughs> and so, but that's the downside of these movies. There's so much in them. But and if you didn't see those things prior, you mm-hmm. have to just operate with whatever you assume. You know. And at the time when I first saw it, I assumed he was a droid with a cough. Okay. Makes so. sense. Uh, Joel Edgerton is his, uh, Uncle Owen. Uncle Owen. And uh, yeah. I hey. don't. I don't know. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. I, I don't know the actress that plays Aunt Peru. I mean, again, like the Tatooine sons mu- must not be kind to people because no way they One are. Joel Edgerton turned into a six-year-old man, six-year-old, and he yeah. was like twenty years old. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, but to be fair, it's a, you know, to desert planet. Yeah, sun's always on your face. Sand, you probably gonna look you like know. you smoke twelve cigarettes. That's why. Anakin wasn't gonna go. He wasn't gonna find. Everybody's like, why do they? Yeah, he's why never gonna go back to the sand. He hates sand. He's yeah. not gonna go there. Yeah. You, so you want to talk about some of my good things. The prequels are full of memeable content. <laughs> but okay. Revenge of the Sith is hands down the most memeable Meme-able, movie. Yeah. You have, hello there. Yeah. And you have General Kenobi, right? Yeah. Back and forth. But you also have the story, you know, the, t- the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. Oh, yeah. And you have, um, I have the high ground. Yeah. And, and you have... So many moments that are turned into memes. I think because it is so good and so watchable mm-hmm. that people just like pick up on all these things. Yeah, well, prequel like memes is its whole, whole, whole it's entirely own, yeah. own thing. Yeah. You know, there there's a subreddit of called prequel memes, and it's great, and it is so much more significant than the sequel memes or the original trilogy memes. Like, there is so much like when I see Star Wars jokes, it is ninety five percent of the time prequels. Right, it, even like when. Anakin finally, dumb Anakin, figures out that Palpatine is Palpatine. He's, he's, he's like, Sith you're the for. Sith Lord. And he goes, you, uh, you want to kill me, don't you? And Anakin says, I certainly would like to. And someone did one of those videos where they bleep out words for no reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so he says, you want to bleep me? And Anakin <laughs> says, I certainly would like to. It's even stuff like that. Right, right. You know, love it. Right. Um, and then, yes, the fight at the end. 
Ewan McGregor, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Hayden Christensen is, is is the best of his of his two movies is, is this one for sure. And I'm very excited to see him in Obi Wan, also to see how he might even have progressed um, more in how he views the character. Right, how he, right. He might portray him. That being said, I wonder how they're going to do the voice because um, James Earl Jones did the voice for Rogue One, but it re- you know obviously no offense to dude, he's yeah. 80 plus years old. It, he sounds you know, old. It, he sounded you know older, obviously, and mm-hmm. so I wonder how they might do it. That being said, they didn't he didn't use him in the cartoons. I wonder if they may go that route. A lot of people know. said um, flashback, um, Force Ghost. I I I. I Oh, using Hayden Christensen as a Force Ghost or flashback, you know, in in, in that capacity. Well, but he's a Force Ghost. He's not dead yet. He's Vader. Oh, oh duh. Um, well, yeah. So okay. So flashback, but also I think I think he's he's Vader. I'm pretty sure. He's yeah. Vader. I, Same I, thing with the Ahsoka. Well, show. they've they, we've seen concept art of old Obi Wan or yeah. Hugh McGregor Obi Wan fighting Darth Vader. So they're gonna yeah. see that match. Which is another thing that again, you know, between the prequels and like all the stuff they're putting out, just is like. It fa- it rains falls for me is that it's like you know when they meet each other in New Hope, you're given the impression that they haven't really met each other in a long time in a while, and then you see the prequels and it you kind of are led to the assumption that it's like they haven't seen each other since Mustafar, right? And this is the first time they're seeing each other. Now you're like, oh, well, the, so the line you know we haven't seen it yet, but it's like, oh, so did you guys fight? At some point, just forget about that, and that's like one of those because th- even the line that he says, like when I left you, I was about to learn. Now I'm the master. exactly it's like that implies that he left. That, even that line is a little like qu- questionable after watching the the. Yeah, because he is a Jedi Knight by the time the Revenge of the Sith comes around. Yeah, which know? is like get over yourself. He's so upset about not being a master. It's outrageous. It's unfair. Yeah, it's like you're a Jedi Knight, bro. You're not a Padawan. Like you're mm-hmm. still a. There's you know what? There's like twelve Jedi Masters. There's like. A thousand Jedi Knights. Right. So it's like it's at least you're not a Padawan. Like you're right where you should be. That like, being I'm said, 30, like yeah, okay. you're the best <laughs> of all of them, sure. But <laughs> it's like we kept chill out. You're twenty like two years old. I-, I loved watching these movies with someone that didn't take it real as ser- as our buddy. You yeah. Know, he, and we just we love. He's not as nerdy as us. Right. So we just love love making fun of him now and it's great because we have someone to like kind of riff with but right like he, throughout he jokes about them from like a completely different point of view from like an outsider's look you know from outside looking in but he, <laughs> there's like a point in this movie where um anakin is always um this always we, he doesn't bring it up all the time but we brought it up all the time yeah. where he's always or no An- uh, natalie portman comes in or padme comes in he's like oh he once been in here hasn't he yeah, and like we're like, can you smell him yeah. or something? And so anytime we saw, like, Anakin was talking to her, especially near the end, too, when she doesn't realize he's on the ship and followed her to Mustafar, I f- I, we were joking that he, like, pauses, and I was like, I smell Obi-Wan. There's Obi-Wan here. <laughs> it smells like it smells like Obi. <laughs> smells like betrayal. Yeah. You know. it smells uh, like so the high yeah. ground in here. But uh, it's... it, 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 it c- There's, like, moments in, in, like you said, in the prequels, but, like... They're so meme worthy. They're so oh, funny yeah. to laugh at. But uh-huh. it it's that's where that inherent we it we that generation that grew up with those prequels grew up with the internet. So that's social true. media and everything. So yeah. that and is they why got it's it so good by the time the sequels came out that they understood there's don't even bother, bro. Right. So we can't just, even think of a sequel meme right now. No. I but I can think of a hundred prequel memes. Yeah. And it's just uh, the only meme that I can think of as far as sequel goes is, you know, the BB eight thumbs up thing. You know, and that was pretty much it. But uh, I honestly can't think of a sequel one right now. Yeah, but I mean, in in this one, it's just it has such a I don't want to say cult following, but such a 
I can't think of one sequel one, and it's stupid. It's from it's from Return uh, Rise of Skywalker when he when he's like they can fly now, and he goes, yeah, they oh. can fly now, oh, yeah, which I think yeah, is so yeah. stupid because yeah. like been flying. We'll we'll get we'll Idiots. get there. We'll been get flying, there. But yeah, it's like flying, I see people yeah. go, they can this now, and he goes, yeah, they can this now. <laughs> but like that's one of the main things where we can go on and on about what we love about it and what we hate about it, but it's the most explored you know, aspect of Star Wars. You know, we had the Clone Wars. We had um, all of these different video games like, um, you know, Bounty Hunter and... Um, Starfighter, Pod Racer. And, um, Com- uh, Republic Commando and... So uh, many good games. You know, uh, didn't didn't um, didn't the Old Republic game came out, come Old out Republic, during, during yeah, the prequels? Pretty much, yeah. And it's still going on. They're remaking it now. Right. They're making Never really got into that game because I don't like the, those type of yeah. games, like the World of Warcraft type. MMO. Like, I, I don't know their Yeah, name, MMO, something like that, know, yeah. If you know World um, of Warcraft, it's that style. Massive multiplayer online, something like that. Yeah, well, um, but it's like you control, like, it's like a bo- game board as opposed to, like, yeah, first yeah, yeah. person, which yeah. I, I always... It's not imagine. very immersive. It's not, yeah. Yeah. It's more strategy based. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, like strategy that. based is a good example. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really love those games. But they have like you know the they just re- re- um, released a trailer for Star Wars Eclipse, which is going to be a right. like an uncharted version of open Star world. Wars open open world. Yeah, so it's kind of like a GTA of Star Wars, which is going to be right. really interesting. But it's set in the High Republic, so there's that intrigue there. A lot of people are wanting to see you know Old Republic stuff. You know, there was the it's kind of the only se- it's the only time period that hasn't really been touched on as much. Right, and we we know where the you know the story kind of ends we know where we want the story to go which is yeah. you know the original trilogy but now the sequels but we don't want to explore what's going on as much in my opinion we want to see what came before because like you said that's when the jedi were at the height of their power it's more um yeah, we don't want to keep seeing them fall right but like it's more uh theatrical or no uh, more cinematic you know you can have big you know everybody would want to see um a big you know type of lord of the rings you know uh, Game of Thrones fight between Sith and Jedi like that would be it, it'd be nonsense and be ridiculous and over the top but the kid in you wants to see that and yeah. um, you know s- some of the things like we even get um, the battle in Kashyyyk right with the Wookiees yeah. and I was telling you when we were watching them originally Lucas wanted the Ewoks to be right. Wookiees but they couldn't afford mass producing you know like 50 Wookiee costumes mm-hmm. so they went with making the Ewoks instead but then we go back to Revenge of the Sith they're like okay now we have all the money in the world yeah let's do it we have all the technology mm-hmm. and another thing that they, they wanted to do that I'm glad they didn't was that there were, and you knew this already but we were telling our friend that they wanted to have a young Han Solo living with the Wookiees on Kashyyyk yeah um, which obviously wouldn't work now that Solo's out and we mm-hmm. saw how you know how if that's canon that's yeah. how they met Right, um, but I'm glad they didn't do that. Even though you do see the Millennium <laughs> Falcon, we did um, mention she was pretty thick in, in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, the suit that they, he's got a he's got, he's a, got a big, big old chest. barrel chest. And the only and way that we could we could justify its change was that he was a prisoner of war, pretty much. Right after that, so he's just malnourished, and yeah, he just stayed malnourished. malnourished. <laughs> hey man, they're not feeding him, bro. Like, I guess Han was like rations, rations for you. Well, you know what you know what they eat, right? Um, little green aliens. Feelings. No, that's why Yoda had to get out of there. He's <laughs> like, got to dip. Peace. See ya. Peace, Chew. Say hey to some guy you're going to meet in a few years. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, we can go on and on about the prequels, but okay, it's well, definitely... We, we, did, we, we didn't mention bad stuff. I don't have a lot of bad stuff for Revenge of the Sith, so real quick, okay. we'll wrap it up. For me, bad stuff, um, I hate the Vader stuff at the end, specifically the no. Yeah. Didn't love that. Um, 
And honestly, it's more like like little stuff. It's not a lot of big stuff. Like um, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of um, the the way Hayden Christensen whined about not being a master. Yeah, more I than mean. delivery of the line. But it's like I I don't have like a lot of glaring. Yeah. Oh, you know what I what I don't like about Rings of the Sith. <coughs> Um, I don't like that in that opening scene and throughout a lot of the movie, R two D two is hanging out with Obi Wan Kenobi, and then later Obi Wan Kenobi's like, "I don't remember on it." <laughs> yeah, you got it in. You Told got you, it in, didn't you? Told you. All I three. was like, honestly, in the back of my mind, I was like, "Is he seriously gonna going over this again?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's Suck a it, joke." Dude. Yep. No, Listen, yeah, it's comic. <laughs> comic really? Comic. Yeah. What do they say about comedy, bro? Works in threes. Did they say that? that yeah, that, that's a thing about co- the structure of comedy. Mm-hmm. You joke, you make you so it's like you know you you watch it and from now on I'm, when you I'm see st- structure comedy, it's comedy works in threes. You know, I'm too tired to to debate you on that. No, Listen, but, you, you'd um, be wrong. So, but some of the things that I didn't really like about Revenge of the Sith, I would say I I don't like how they just off Dooku at the beginning. Well, I right. wish they kind of kept him in. The, I mean, even replace him with General Grievous. I understand why General Grievous is such an appealing thing. Um, but toys, y- toys, but also like it is pretty intimidating when you see a weapon that can cut through anything, literally being used as a helicopter coming straight at your face. Like, well, yeah, I would see them. how that's yeah. You know, and I love Obi Wan's uh, decision to stop that was let me just poke my lightsaber. Yeah, in there. so straight it's in the middle. but um, you know, I I wish that we could have seen a little bit more of the dynamic between you know, like you said, fully fledged Anakin and you know, older Obi Wan. Like kind of seeing like that whole brother There's dynamic. Like Obi Wan got that poor little lizard, giant lizard. Thing oh, that killed. iguana thing, yeah. He got it killed, and also I hated it's the noise it made, just that squealing. Yeah, I, I, I think it. it was pretty cool. It's like I said, it's unique. You know, you haven't really. That's heard, one thing about yeah. the prequels is he he expands the world, not only people mm-hmm. but creatures and, and robots and stuff too. Um. I didn't really. I wish they would at least forked over a little bit of the of the money of the movie's budget towards actually making practical clone armor to at least photograph the up close stuff because everything CGI, everything CGI, like everything up like below Tamora Morrison's neck for mm-hmm. all the clones is just rendered right. out, and it just does not look believable yeah. even next to. I remember even as a kid, I'm like, why don't they just make suits? Here's something I don't like or lo- hate or love. And 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 we can end on this, and I and because this is it's a encapsulates the ending in a way that that works with ending of scenes almost. Right. We talked about how often Star Wars uses screen wipes, <laughs> and how <laughs> the prequels had a lot of screen wipes. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, Return of the uh, sorry, Rise of don't flip me off. Rise of Skywalker. Sorry. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. I just hate this and point. Last Jedi had the the fewest and twelve only. The prequels had a lot. In yeah. fact, Attack of the Clones had forty something, I think, yeah. or sixty something. Yeah. But and I knew this was I knew this fact, and I thought I was wrong for. You were so I, proud. I too. was so happy that I remembered correctly. Revenge of the Sith has the most screen wipes, and again, second place is like sixty-two or something. Revenge of the Sith has one hundred and two. <laughs> Every single transition, you yeah. can bet your bottom dollar, it's probably a screen wipe, and it's not just left to right. Sometimes it's circle in the middle gets bigger. Sometimes it's reverse of that. Sometimes it's like half and half. It's like oh, the old visualizers. It's grid squares. It's like the old media player visualizers. Yeah. You know, they would just like. There, There is a lot. It is kind of distract. Like, it's, it's very apparent, too. Like if you know, if you know, yeah, if you don't know what they are, you're just like, okay, transition, well, they, you know. But used, if you know them, 
it's very obvious. Well, he used to use this. I mean, the original trilogy, he used the screen wipes to transition from scene to scene. You know, yeah. and this one, he transitions from like place to place, like mm-hmm. in in the same like uh-huh. in a couple of minutes, which is yeah, it can get distracting, and you can tell it's like very obvious. Yeah, so yeah, I did notice that. You know, when when the originals did come or the pre or the prequels did come out, I was like, there is a lot of. S- a lot of unique uh, screen wipes in this in this movie, but yeah, yeah it's it's love them or hate them. Everybody has their own. So give me your prequel rating right now, best to worst. Which ones? Obviously, Revenge of the First. Revenge of the uh, Revenge of the First. Revenge of the First. Uh, Attack of the Clones. Uh, so Revenge of the Sith. Because um, I don't I don't know because for me it's very easy. It's three, two, one. It's three one two. Okay, I was I can, wondering. Yeah, because I honestly like it's a lull for me with Attack of the Clones. It is kind I, of like some of it feels like filler. And I feel like m- the more iconic stuff happened in, you know, we have introduction stuff. And we have you know Qui Gon. We have arguably the best moment in the trilogies, and that's the right, Darth the Maul best, stuff. The, you know, Darth Maul fight, the pod race. Like, there's just a lot more stuff in that movie that it's a lot higher memorable. highs. Exactly. So, and and I feel like it's just kind of like that medium. Like we could honestly, a lot of people even say like, when they do watch, you know, their Star Wars marathon, yeah, they watch Revenge of the Sith, four, <laughs> five, and six, and then the rest. Like they don't they even skip the first two. They first skip the first two. Honestly, if you guys wanted to do that, I would have been fine with it. Well, like it, you can get all you need out of to to start off the original trilogy out of. Pretty episode much. three, like yeah, you really much. don't need to watch the first two, and but yeah, unless like you just want depth. But even then, it's like it's confusing depth, mm-hmm. you know. So because it's all build up, because you know we want to see the Clone Wars, not how the Clone Wars started. Yeah, not know, the like we want to see the Clone Wars, not the Clone Wars. You know what I'm saying? I knew exactly where you were going with that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. That's funny because I didn't know where I was going with it. Quite, but <laughs> I, I wanted to stop you, but you should have. Like, well, you know what? Let's stop ourselves okay. and let's do a screen wipe here, <laughs> and go ahead and transition to the end of this episode. Um, and we will be doing more of these. We're, we'll we do the we'll do the original. Technically, we we're didn't get to our of the we didn't get to all the prequels because we are going to watch Rogue One. We'll mention Rogue One with yeah. our se- with our original trilogy talk because it does bleed into you know the beginning of yeah. I mean, it ha- it's Hope, like so. it's like a couple days before New Hope starts. <laughs> it's like the week of New Hope, you know. <laughs> we'll mark on the calendar. It week was, of it New was Hope. the it was a Thursday night screening mm-hmm. before the before big, the Friday uh, before uh, premiere. The, yeah, exactly. But yeah, we'll, um, we'll get into the rest. Of yeah, the so we're gonna start. I think we're starting the original series, the original trilogy, and New oh, Hope sometime this week, upcoming week. I mean, it's it's Friday now, so oh, yeah. this this upcoming week. Yeah. Um, at some point, you know, we'll, we'll talk to our our friend, and get a day that works for us. And um, he has not uh, given us the okay to divulge his name, so we just keep calling him friend. <laughs> I'll call him by a pseudonym. He is Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, he, is, he, um, he fits no, all no, qualities no, of Jar Jar. No, we, he is. We was Obi Wan here? We can give out his name of Tony Marinara. <laughs> yeah, he's Tony Marinara. Anyways, um, yeah. So we're gonna, yeah. but that's our friend, Tony yeah, Marinara. We have friend. Yeah, we know people with this with multiple people with this name. So sometimes you have to dif- differentiate who you're talking to. And that's I don't know where that name came from. I just I just thought of it. You. I just thought okay. of it. We were playing games one night, and I was like, I'm gonna call you, and I said. Off the top of my head, I said Tony Marinara. <laughs> I was probably looking at my dog, whose name is Tony. <laughs> but um, anyway, so yeah, we're starting the original trilogy this week, and we yeah we'd like to do this again for the original ones, even though obviously those have been talked about so much. Why not? You know, like we'll talk about them. You know, Stevan and I, as much as we've you know, as long as we've been friends, as much as we love Star Wars and stuff, we actually don't really talk about the original movies as much. Well, so. because there, it's it's like it's like we've, we've been been there. You know, we talked about it. 
it's like ch- it's like saying other, how like like you like your own type of pizza. I like my own type of pizza. It's like saying yeah, how good, Caesars. yeah, <laughs> which is what like a consistent diet that we've been having with this. Shut this, your mouth, <laughs> man. With this, uh, actually, this whole friendship has been Little Caesars pizza. Little Caesars deep um, dish pizza. But it's like you have your own type of, you know, pizza. I have my own type of pizza that we like. Yeah, but you said that. Uh-huh. It's like it's like you know discussing how good a pepperoni slices you know it's like yeah it's like we'll eat it of course it's the original we'll, we'll, we'll yeah well actually i hate all three of them They're okay terrible well. star trek is better <laughs> no kidding but yeah so obviously we want to do that so we'll do that yeah we'll have so another one of these episodes probably not it won't be our next episode obviously because it took us roughly a month to finish the three movies just based on each of us having availability at different times and all that so well, well yeah well and plus we'll be, we'll be reviewing other stuff next big one that we're gonna be reviewing uh no Way Home? Yeah, so I saw No Way Home last night. I'm seeing um, it on Sunday. I won't go into any, you know. Is our friend going with you? Star Wars friend? No. Oh, okay. I thought he said he was. No. Um, well, he's a, a liar then. No. Tony Marinara <laughs> is a thief and a liar. No, so um, I saw it last night. I won't I won't talk about it right now, obviously. We'll, we'll talk about it uh, on the episode, but certainly a lot to, worth talking about. Yeah. So. Probably a lot to digest, and we'll try to, at least, yeah. I mean, by the time. Well, like, the crazy I, part was when all of them just turned into cartoons, and it was a cartoon for 45 minutes. So when that one person died by the other person, that's really relevant, and that one person came back. Yeah, Darth yeah. Maul, and then um, I, I'll tell you one. Peter thing. Porker. I, I, that I'll was the crazy thing, thing when a real pig showed up. This, you know, we it's, it's the multiverse. You know, we're expecting a lot of big surprises. Yeah. You know, I, I've hats off to them for, you know, getting in a Batman reference in there. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I didn't. There think was a Batman reference in I Eternals. Did, I did not think that Clooney. <laughs> was gonna want to come back for it, but you know what? Yeah. And Adam him. West ghost man, yeah. Now I will say for anybody no who's way still home, listening at this I point, right? I can't. Yeah, no <laughs> way home. I'm never gonna get home if we keep talking. Okay, but no, um, yeah, two two credit scenes. Um, good movie. Yeah, we'll ta- we'll we're, we're talking about. We'll so. talk about it. Anyways, um, we're gonna go ahead and get on out of here. Um, but thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with that episode, and um, eventually soon, obviously too, probably closer to the start of the new year. We'll have another um, original trilogy um, review show. So uh, thank you for listening. If you've got to this point uh, to us babble and just talk about things we love. But um, thank you as always for listening. Uh, I am Alex. I'm Estelle. And uh, we will see you guys in the next episode. And as always, we'll catch you cats on the flip flop uh, later. Good night, Gotham. (laughs) 